Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and 1999's Dove Award winner for Modern Rock Song of the Year. My name is Michael Basinger. With me are Matt Polly, hey. Brad Polly, hey. and together we are the Inglorious Pastors. So, follow-up question: What was that song? Um, the W's. You are the devil, and the devil is bad. Oh my God. <laughs> That's that's special. Uh, announcement: We will be recording our 100th episode in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, you are invited. It's January 6th, 2018. We're not going to do it. We're not going to announce it every episode until January. That's yeah, we're a lot of weeks. Will. Probably will. Well, we may. Who knows? But anyway, if you go to our Facebook, um, Facebook.com/slash Pastors we'll Podcast, we have a person from Australia that's a solid maybe at this point. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I don't Seriously? know. She said she was going to come, but I didn't follow up to say, "Is this real?" But Beck Ray, penciled in. That's a pretty good way. She's and, on the other side of Australia, And too. potentially a half-drunk Irishman. Maybe. Let's hope. Half-drunk? That's a, that's a stretch, isn't it? Um, speaking of drunk... <laughs> well, half-drunk Irishman's like full-drunk anyone else. Guys, that's I'm, a fair point. It's, it's a sliding scale. I am literally... <laughs> On drugs right now, so yeah, yeah. Michael, Michael is part of the opioid epidemic. Yeah, in case I, is, I made an appointment with G to see my new dentist this morning. He's there and he's like, "Hey, you want to get rid of that wisdom tooth right now?" I was like, "Sure, why not?" And he yanked it right out. Well, he shot shot me up a few times, but I'm on uh, <laughs> hydrocodone. So Michael's currently high on morphine. Yeah, because so. uh, getting a tooth pulled out of your head it hurts like hell. Yeah, I don't think it hurts an entire pill bottle of hydrocodone. He I'm, only like I don't think it hurts that much, does it? He only gave me sixteen pills. I'm five deep right now. Um, I'll be fine. <laughs> it says I probably shouldn't drive or drink alcohol, but hey, what are we drinking? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> What are you drinking? Hey, hey, I've been thinking that if we're gonna get through this, we're gonna need some fluid. So hey, hey, what are you drinking now? Did you turn the treble up on that? It seemed a little um, tinny. Um, let me investigate. That nope. was from Brian, the Tin Man OD. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. I mean, the, I'll, I'll fix it. All right. Well, it's a little late now. Uh, we, we can play it again <laughs> no, if you'd like. No, we don't need to play it again. No, we don't need to play it again. Thank you. Uh, okay. Uh, what are we drinking? What? Uh, well, we had from already 18th Street. In it's the future. 18th Street Brewery in Hammond, Indiana. It's been sitting in my fridge for like three weeks. John uh, Foreman. No. <laughs> Not Switchfoot. It's the Switchfoot it's Robust Porter. Switchfoot Porter. Uh, Foreman uh, Robust Porter. And it was freaking it was delicious. really, really good. That was yeah. a really... They've... We're like three for three on them, I yeah, think. They, yeah, 18th Street is legit. Yeah, they haven't made anything that I haven't liked. So, uh, Real quick shout out to you Nathan. You find yourself in the absolute hellscape that is Hammond, Indiana. <laughs> There's not much out there. by 18th Street Brewery. Nathan Miller-West signed us up for uh, for Father's Day to get uh, Indianapolis yeah. Yeah, uh, Magazine. Yeah. Um, so awesome. And, and that's a really good magazine. Yeah, yeah it was. A lot of good the stuff The very first episode was about breweries in episode, Indiana. How about Issue? The issue. <laughs> Whatever that's you call it, it's, it's not, the morphine talking. No, the very first episode <laughs> of any. It's a paper podcast. Yes, <laughs> it's a readable podcast. Yeah, remember before? You know they should they should really think about making podcasts into newspapers. <laughs> it's the future of hipster media. Vinyl and then paper. <laughs> yes. It's it's the vinyl of podcast. It is, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Anyway, so it, uh, this was one of the breweries featured in the the, the first episode, mm-hmm. the the first magazine. Jeez, Mike. <laughs> blarp, blarp, blarp. The first uh, issue that we got. Yep. And so I've got two issues now. Yep. And then we have amongst my other ones. And then we have from uh, up in that area as yeah, well, also from literally the, like ten minutes yeah, down the road. Yeah, for real. Um, from uh, uh, Three Floyd's Brewery. Um, three. Man, yeah, I'm it is Three Floyd's. Am I on morphine? I don't know. Well, Three Floyd's Brewery. They're Apocalypse Cow. <laughs> you're, you're high on anger. It's kind of the same thing. That's a good point. Uh, it's been a bad. He's got thing. a rage my internet, boner. My internet doesn't work. Matt, um, Matt's been fully erect rage boner all day long. God, yeah. literally, it just doesn't work. Like my internet, is, I'm going to AT and T tomorrow. So thanks Xfinity. So fuck you forever. There it is. There's the uh, first curse yeah, word. Um, I think apocalypse. This is a, it's called apocalypse cow. It's a. Del- Brad's getting a phone Sorry, call. Sorry, that it's was my t- mammal calling. Hi, mammal. Sorry, mammal. I'll call you back later. Hi, um, it's a it's a double IPA. Uh, and it's very, very good. Um, mm-hmm. Starting really, to look like a triple IPA. It doesn't feel... It doesn't really taste like a double. Ooh, like it's that's not, ridiculously good. Yeah. It's very fruity, but not like... Man, they make... Sour. Mm-mm. Like, I know their stuff is really expensive and... But they do it well. Kind of overhyped. I mean... I, I wasn't listening. Who was this again? Three Floyds. Three Floyds. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's yeah. got... Um, it's balanced... Balanced by a velvety malt body, much Indeed. like Michael. Yes, which I has a, been. I mean, I will say malt that, body. like I said, they can be a little overhyped at times. And yeah, I think last episode you literally shat on them for being overpriced. Yeah. That was me. Oh, man, um, same guy. But at least they make good beer. Ballast Point, super overhyped, super super overpriced, and crap beer. Yeah, it's sorry, not great. California people. Um, California. Anyway, it's augmented. It's augmented. <laughs> California. I'm done. I just like quit. We come. Hey, uh, just a fun update. Mammal left me a voicemail. Should we play it on the podcast? <laughs> Can we play it? Let's no, play I'm it. not going to play my mammal's oh. voice on the internet. Oh, Sorry. I think that's some sort of vi- violation of privacy or something. Um, should I, you just need to change your voicemail to you this at, may be used on my, a podcast. Michael has sleepy eyes right now. Guys. I can't even tell you the shit I've been through today. He really has like super <laughs> sleepy eyes. I'm gonna have to drive him home. Well, it's swollen yeah, face is what I'm it is. You should probably not be drinking that beer, bro. I am swole right now. Well, I'm fine with the swole. I'm just saying I'd rather you not die on the way home. I'm, I probably won't die. Um, <laughs> this round, are you ready to do this round? Oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot I was doing that. Well. <laughs> I'm Paul, gonna go take a nap. <laughs> this run, no, I, I shortened it. Uh, this Paul is Paul Dudenhoff. Yeah, uh, he is a lifelong resident of New Jersey. New Jersey. Uh, I think he was friends with uh, the people from Jersey Shore. Um, I'm assuming, probably. As much. He's a Tolkien geek. Uh, he thought the Lord of the Rings were all, films were fine. The Hobbit was an atrocity. <laughs> yeah, that's probably yes, a pretty. I wanted. I really wanted to to like that. I want to like it, and I, I think can't. everybody yeah. wanted to like it. I'm really distracted by the fact that Matt has a flaccid penis right next to him. <laughs> we'll get to that. It's actually, um, not, we'll get, it's actually not super flaccid. Well, no, that's not flaccid, nah, buddy. It's not flaccid. I mean, it's, no, well, I just no. meant because like laying there, just sitting there. On anyway, the so uh, inert penis. Spoiler <laughs> alert: penis coming up. <laughs> sorry, Paul. Sorry, Paul. We appreciate your we appreciate your donations. Tell your wife I'm um, sorry too. Anyway, he's a Tolkien geek. He's read literally everything, including the stuff that Tolkien's son Christopher has edited. And wow! Produced. So he's wow. read it all. So you are a Tolkien. Yeah. Geek. He uh, he collects penguins. Opus from Bloom County is his spirit animal. Oh. You guys know Bloom County? Do you remember that? No. Cartoon. No. It was a comic strip. 
I don't think I remember. I, I, we had a, we had a book at some point when we were. Did we? Yeah, yeah, it was okay. well. over our heads. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, he collects antiquarian books, mostly on religion. He also collects and sells vintage rock and jazz vinyl. Antiquarian—that's awesome. a fun word. Yeah, it's his word. He loves beer, particularly porters and stouts, and the occasional bourbon or scotch. He also seems to like German beer, which you can't go wrong with that. No, you can't. Yeah. This uh, is the guy that we mentioned a few uh, episodes ago where he like made a comment about starting to listen to us, and within like 12 hours, he joined the pub. Yeah. This yes. is what I like yeah, this yeah, guy. Yeah. He's a Monty Python fan. He was very jealous of uh, Joshua Fodor's... Fodor? Is that where we landed yeah. on that? I keep thinking Hodor. I keep thinking Fordor. Fordor, yeah. Uh, but it's uh, Fodor. Joshua, I think. Joshua Sedan. Hodor and a man, Fordor. Man. That penis is <laughs> on that table just sitting there. I'll move it, Michael. <laughs> Um, <laughs> please stop. Um, he's a Monty, just, anyway. He's a Monty Python fan, and Joshua got a tattoo of the uh, Black Beast of. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. awesome. Yeah, uh, from Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Uh, anyway, so Paul grew up in the Salvation Army when they were more widely known as a religious organization. Do we know if Fodor is from? You know, I'm never going to get through this if you don't quit interrupting every three seconds. I was making a Tolkien joke. Fodor, we've already Mo- moved. Mordor. I'm really glad you contributed that. Can I continue? I am on drugs right now. Their main focus was on social service and getting people saved. I grew up wearing the SA uniform, helping drunks, addicts, and homeless people, visiting the local old folks' home on holidays, and ringing bells and playing my trumpet or trombone at Christmas time in front of the local Woolworth store to collect money. I really wish we had video of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trombone. Pixar um, didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, I started early on to wonder, though, about all this and begin to imagine other spiritual ideas and faiths, much to my parents' dismay. At about 12 or 13, I met the Hare Krishna devotees for the first time in New York and began reading the Bhagavad Gita in an almost three-year relationship with them. That led to reading more Eastern spiritual texts, philosophy, checked out both Scientology and the Unification Church. Uh, both were too crazy, even for me. <laughs> and other New Age movements. Then I suppose out of the instilled it was, guilt... It was Battlefield Earth that really just turned them off. <laughs> yeah. Then I suppose out of uh, the instilled guilt and the explosion of the Jesus Freak movement, I started to the Pentecostal AG Church Man. that ran a coffee house where I lived. Good Lord. You talk yeah. about being around the spiritual block. It gets... It, there's more. Um, I spent a year at Asbury College in Wilmore, Wilmore, Kentucky, now Asbury University. Been there, slept at their hotel. <laughs> Four stars. It's a very important contribution. Yep. Thanks, druggie. It's a holiness Methodist <laughs> church, or Methodist school. Uh, it was a long year for me and for them. <laughs> I wanted to pursue a theater degree, and they had a theater program. But in those days, without the internet, I had no way of knowing ahead of time just how a Christian theater program was run at the school. In brief, there was no makeup, no dancing. Rhythmic movement was okay. No kissing, you could fake it on stage, and no cursing, and definitely no drinking or smoking. Fast forward a bunch of years, I pounded the pavement in New York as an actor and had a few jobs, mostly dinner theater, got married, had two kids, got divorced after 11 years, got remarried, had two more kids, still married. After my divorce, I began attending Quaker meeting. Man, he's been everywhere. Quaker. Wow. I began attending Quaker meeting until uh, Lisa, who I started dating when we were both playing the leads in a production of The Fantastics. Hi, Lisa. Suggested I should go with her to her Unitarian Universalist congregation because they're just like Quakers, only they sing hymns and stuff. Uh, after we married, we both checked out the Baha'i faith, but found it wasn't for us and returned to the UU church. I returned to school after 22 years and received my BA. That seems for badass. <laughs> it's a badass In degree. religion from Drew University, yes. where I also went on to do master's work in American religious history. I stopped just short of completion because we opened a cafe that kept us busy. I decided to enter the ministry because so many people kept telling me you should be a minister. After checking out a couple of major seminaries, I decided against putting myself in all of all that student debt. Eventually, I simply went to One Spirit Interfaith Seminary in New York City, a two-year program that was really more of a refresher course for me. I wasn't sure what to do with an ordination that the UU Association doesn't recognize, but a small local UU congregation that I've been preaching at once a month 
for a while, asked me to be their part-time minister, and I accepted. Um, my personal spiritual path is an admixture of doing the best I can to follow the teachings of the Buddha and Jesus without getting bogged down in the dogma. It is also very much informed by the work of Joseph Campbell. Joey Cams. Yeah. Joey Cams. And the work of Carl Jung. <clears throat> it's good to hear the Angrolius Pastors podcast and be part of the pub, even if I am, I think, one of the oldest, if not the oldest members. Probably a good chance at that, Paul. We need to take another census. <laughs> yeah, we probably do. Probably just, yeah, we like do a yearly census. <clears throat> My personal deconstruction was a long... your firstborn. <laughs> I think I'm going to save the rest of these pills for every episode we have. <laughs> the next 10 episodes are going to be lit. No, here's what we'll do is each episode, one of us will take one, but we won't tell anybody who. <laughs> so the, the listeners will have to figure out which one of us is drug. Um, <laughs> anyway, any, anyway, these days in between sermons, I'm working on a book, a fantasy novel. It's in the Sweet. early stages. I'm not certain where it will end up, but I love the genre and writing keeps me off the streets. <laughs> Uh, apart from all that, you guys drink and appreciate beer. What more could a heretic ask for? Nice. Thank you, Paul, very He had much. one more thing on there. Did you get that? Probably too late, but my wife reminded me that I didn't mention I was a delegate to the World's Parliament of Religions in 1999 in Cape Town, South Africa. Not important, just passing it on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, man. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> Michael is on drugs again. Tell Lisa we said thank you to... Lisa's his wife. Michael's high as shit again. <laughs> if you'd like to buy us around, go to patreon.com slash pastors podcast. We offer exclusive episodes of the Pastors Pub Crawl, Turd Talk, and Hymns of Reconstruction. At any level, you can access the Pastors Pub. It's a closed Facebook group where we talk about life, spirituality, and just about everything else. I really wish people could see your eyes. I, you are higher than me. They're about half closed. Take we, that beer away from him. No, no, no. No, I no, no, no. You absolutely it, are not drinking. I need it. I need it. Dude, I need it. As your friend. I need it. I need it. I need Stop. I'll make sure. I'll make sure he's fine before. You <laughs> clearly don't. We, we <laughs> forgot to do this last week, so I need to make sure that we do it. Things discussed in the pub this week. Man just sniffed a penis. <laughs> I swear he literally just did. Um... <laughs> things discussed in the pub this week. <laughs> New tattoos, uh, which we just literally talked about one of them. Uh, Bible studies at the White House. Oh. You guys want to go? No. No, I don't. I don't even want to acknowledge their existence. It's not. It, no. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Brad's, tri- <laughs> Brad's trip to the county fair Trump booth. Ugh. Selling I Trump merch. It was more of like just glaring at them as I walked by, but... Our, our county fair is just garbage. It's garbage. Mm. It's complete trash. It's terrible. Yeah. It's just it's, an, it's an animal. It's an animal show. Is well, all it which is. is fine. That's the only yeah. reason we go. My kids love that. Well, I do like the demolition derby. Um, <laughs> I swear, so, I could hear the tractor pull been, from my house the other night. It's been a few years since I've gone, but one year. There was literally an infant there in the crowd. It's freaking loud. Yeah, yeah, Engines yeah. with yeah. no mufflers. Crazy loud. Uh, there was an infant there with those noise-canceling <laughs> headphones on. That is like one I'm, I'll never forget that image. Like, our I, was, I was there is, with you. Our, carny, our, our county fair is basically it consists of carnies, Confederate flags, and Make America Great Again yeah. Trump and, flags. And That's a lot of um, pretty much 4-H it. stuff. Yeah. And by the way, demolition derbies are overrated. It's literally just people back, really backing into each other. It's pretty overrated. It's um, basically, the Wal- the, the it's basically like, a Walmart parking lot. The first like one, one and a half minutes is awesome. <laughs> but then there's like two people left, and they just back keep backing into each other. And just literally other. trying to get out of the mud, yeah. trying to get unstuck from the mud. Um, oh, we also gosh. talked about, um, Oh, uh, but Craig Morgan and Kelly Pickler are putting on a show this yeah, week. Yeah. Kelly Pickler. Kelly Pickler of American uh, Idol. American Idol. Fourth runner up. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're in Martinsville. Good she job. Got fifth. Well, we Charlie Daniels was here last year. Mm-hmm. Hey, Charlie Daniels, I, he's legit. I can't, he no, like he's 95. Not legit. I can't stand him. Really wish I would have gone to that show. Like yeah. I kind of regret not just to hear going. Devil Devil went down to no, Georgia just for the absolute spectacle. My like, brother played a show with Charlie Daniels, and guess who was there? Lee fucking Greenwood. <laughs> you know who Lee Greenwood is? I know, yeah, we know who Greenwood. This is Lee America. Greenwood. For most of America, Fourth of July is Independence Day. For Lee Greenwood, <laughs> it's fucking payday, bitches. <laughs> it is payday. July fifteenth, he ro- July fifteenth rolls around. He just gets a paycheck. Like motherfuckers. Uh, we also talked about uh, pastors uh, getting blocked on Twitter by a pastor of a mega church. So you're welcome. A very well known mega church. Yep. What church is yep. it? Uh, Rob uh, Bell's old church. Well, oh, I wasn't going to yeah. say it, but he blocked us. Yeah. I kind of added him. So no, you didn't kind of add him. You I, really added him. Yeah, I did. You so, called him an asshole. I did Michael. not call him an asshole. Uh, no, you kind of did. Pretty much well, did. The shoe fits. <laughs> okay. Sorry. No, I'm sure he's a super nice guy. What he said was. That's why I called no, him an asshole. Yeah, you can't. No, like. <laughs> What he said Let me was explain not that. No, nice. Let me explain something to you. I was defending no, it people. Was, what he said was insanely dismissive. It was yeah, completely of like dismissive. Of people's journeys and whatever. Like incredibly Like dismissive. 95% of our listeners. He said, However. He said that a lot of deconstruction is um, obscurity uh, Mas- masquerading as, as profundity. Um, and I just said a lot of Christians are assholes masquerading okay, as Christ can followers. We, can, let me just say this. From now on, can you just use your own personal account yes, for that? No, seriously. I got to add him. No, not you oh. don't. No, you don't. Okay. Add him with your own account. I'll pray about it. No. It's more effective if I... My God, will you take that beer away from him? Please. <laughs> Please. Oh. Um, we also <laughs> talked about uh, vegans and vegetarians in the pub. There's quite a few. I had no idea that uh, Brian Andrus was a vegan. I thought he was just vegetarian. a vegetarian. Yeah, same thing. No, it isn't. No, it is <laughs> So hydrocodone, note to self, hydrocodone makes him even worse. Well, I'm I'm proud of Brian Andrews because I didn't know that. His name's Brandon. No, his name's Bojangles. His name's Brandon Andrews. Yes, I I understand that. Bojangles Appalachia. Um, (laughs) Bojangles is about to turn into grizzly crap pretty soon. So he's heading out to Alaska. And then also uh, there was an Oklahoma City turd cookout. Yeah, yeah, there was. Man, that was cool. so cool. I love that. I love so those cool. meetups like that. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's go to. Let me turn it down first for yes, you boys. Turn it down. All right, here we go. That's better. That's yeah. so much better. This song still is just god awful. Needs to go away. <laughs> I kind of like it. <laughs> really, Michael? Yeah. What do we got? Okay, so this is from, I believe, Christine Oz. I'm pretty sure Christine Oz. Well, you, she sent it to your house, right? It's a very important well, no. contribution again. Becky sent it. Becky, Becky sent, sent it. stuff, and then she, then she sent stuff as well. Was there um, a note? Uh, no, there was a text, and right. I think See, it got deleted. This so. is why you always leave a note. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <clears throat> what do we have? Christine um, Oz. Uh, we have hooked not, on earbuds not, on Twitter. It's not Christina. Christine Oz. You said Christina Oz. No, I said Christine no Oz. Morphine. I said it really quick. Did, okay. It's Christina. Play, play the tape my back. My wife's name right. Um, Hurry up so I can well, put these in my mouth. Little other guy's reference. Uh, these are Bedre. 
Sure. Yeah, whatever. Um, it's it's they're, basically they're white color, white chocolate covered bugles. Yeah, that's what they and are. They are delicious. White they fudge are, coated corn twist. They are really good. Uh, what are we rating these? We're rating well, we five. Did, number one. We did Kevin Durant's last week. These are also um, from Oklahoma. Uh, Becky Shingards. Um, she plays soccer. We could do fracking earthquakes. Let's do that. We haven't done that yet. I keep <laughs> they're, suggesting they're tornadoes. That. They have more tornadoes and no, they get more fracking earthquakes. They have a lot of fracking earthquakes now. there too. Mother frackers. <laughs> Um, let's do. Uh, <laughs> we should do. Let's do uh, oppressive governments. <laughs> let's do cows and tornadoes. Okay, cows and tornadoes. So yeah. these are like four. Five. I'll give them four. Oh, oh four or five? Yeah. You ate like eighteen of them. No, I know. But we started something super special to get a five for me. That's mm-hmm. five all the way. I mean, those are really good. Yeah, those are. I would. I would even go. So good. I would even go four and a half. I could. I could eat an entire bag of those. Those are staying here. I'm going to knock those out tonight. Yeah, I could lose what little yeah. self-respect I have for myself. They're deceiving because it's like, it literally is like those bugle chips. You can it eat is. a whole bag of those yeah. in one sitting if you try. They call it cocoa or white chocolate coated corn twist. No, yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's a bugle. It's a bugle dipped in white chocolate and it is majestic. It's really good. And then she sends a bunch of uh, from Badre. Oh, these are from her too? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to try the peanut butter one. There's varieties of different chocolates. There's a peanut butter. There's a raspberry. There's a caramel. There's a hot fudge. What'd you try, Michael? Peanut butter. What'd you get, Brian? Also the peanut butter. That's really good. Yeah. Mm. Oh, the caramel. Oh, my God. I'm a Mm. caramel and chocolate slut. Mm -hmm. So You're a slut of a lot of things. I am. Mm -hmm. It is a... a, You're a slut of many. Mm. Mm-hmm. But master of none. Those are four and a half, man. I'm going four and a half on those. Mm. I'm gonna go. Oh, dude, the caramel's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'll go four. Mm, four and a half. And then Becky, I believe. This is Becky Seville. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky Seville from the Candy Lady. This is and, the penis. She and, sent us a penis. And a fucking Kirby, penis. Well, she sent us a lot of things. She sent us. Let's say I'm three. Currently, currently enjoying a chocolate vagina. Um, a vulva. <laughs> Oh, it's, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's literally a chocolate vulva. Um, are we taking pictures of these? I whatever. want to. I broke my vulva. Um, <laughs> Brad's vulva broken half. Vulva broken half. Um, vulva. She well, sent us a, a penis on a stick. Uh, you, you can find on our Instagram, me uh, attempting to lick it. It's a dick on a stick. <laughs> a dick on a stick. It really is. I mean, it literally is. It's got, it's got testicles and everything. Um I'm assuming Actually, it's, I think one of like the, the baker's hairs fell off because it's got some pubes on there too. It's it, the balls JK. are te- the balls are textured. Are the, they um, are they veiny? No, they're textured though. I will it's a say little, the uh, vulva. how do they feel on your tongue? Highly tasty. The Should vulva. Say, yeah. Did you get the the chocolate vulva? I did. I've got yeah. the, the 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 white the, chocolate. The vulva. Caucasian. I've got the pink and brown vulva. It's actually like fairly quality chocolate. Yeah. It's a little off-putting to... Uh, it really is a little weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tastes like fish. I don't get it. Oh, my God. Are <laughs> you serious? God, I'm, I'm kidding. Can somebody mute him, please? <laughs> I'll, I'm going to taste the penis. I'll bite the... Just the bite tip. the head just, off. Just the tip. <laughs> just the tip of the peen. And she sent us two more that were basically... People in sexual positions. Yeah, this one looks like a dude is taking a dump on a woman, but it's It's black. It's a a pink man with a with a black penis going into. Stop! Stop! It's it's a sexual position. Stop! But it looks like poop. 
That's great, Michael. And then Brad's got... I've uh, got a white chocolate woman giving a man head. <laughs> and I've got just a giant oh. a penis with a pink head. So. Boy, our listeners are really something, aren't they? <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> well, the tip was good. Remember when this podcast first started and we had somebody send us like crab cakes and now we get dick suckers mm-hmm. and chocolate vaginas. It's just really... Yeah, really thanks, listeners. Nice. Put it in my mouth hole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on from that before it goes. I, what are we going to rate those? I'll give them like a. I mean, it was pretty good chocolate. I'll give it a four. I'll give it a three. three. Yeah. yeah, I'll give it a four. I just put a piece I mean, in my mouth, so I'm going to give it a three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was about a three. I mean, in terms of size. <laughs> Can we just move on? Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Are you ready? Um, yeah. I've got two quick ones. Hey, that's a shocker. Oh. All right. 72 year old woman kills 11 copperhead snakes. Oh, I heard about this. 72? Wait. With rake, oh. a shovel, and a shotgun. <laughs> What? <clears throat> There's a picture of her in her she driveway with a Jason born on him with eleven dead snakes in front of her. When I lived, uh, we lived in Gosport, and I had most of my yard was wooded. Uh, our neighbor, like in between our house and theirs, killed two copperheads. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Neat. Well, there, there was, was a, a rattlesnake found in Brown County. A, a massive rattlesnake. Like, what? Ten feet long. Um, yeah, probably pretty close, and I bet that thing was six inches in diameter, seven, Easily. which is huge for yeah. a rattlesnake. Yep, I was literally just there. It was, yeah, that's not far from our house. Uh, so. I think uh, Ron Swanson's daughter was in her family were camping there that day. Yeah, oh, like that day there. Yeah. yeah, Ron Swanson's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my other one is um, bride pulls pistol from beneath her wedding dress and fires at her new husband Dude, during alcohol fueled argument. I just saw this on the news yeah. tonight. So that sounds premeditated. Wait, so wait. A bride has been arrested. Uh, her name is uh, Kate Elizabeth Pritchard, 25, was arguing with her new husband, James Jared Burton, outside a Tennessee motel. Jamie Jared. So a bride has been arrested after she allegedly pulled a gun out from beneath her wedding dress. Why are you carrying a gun? Yeah, because well, you're anyway, in Tennessee. Well, because um, you never know in Tennessee when the terrorists are going to show up <laughs> to your wedding. <laughs> and fire, so update, stop, stop. update. The black dong, kind of minty. Mint, mint flavor to it. Thanks for that. Go ahead. I really wish we edited these out. I, I would just really edit. wish that he would stop drinking that beer. Yeah, I do too. I have had like three sips. Anyway, but you had a 12 ounce before that and a hydrocodone. This is like half full. Well, it's like two thirds. It's like one third full. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, <laughs> <Shit>. seriously. <laughs> okay, so anyway. Uh, Kate Pritchard, 25, was mid-argument with her new husband, James Burton, outside a Clarion Inn in Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro? Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. Man, I cannot say yeah. that Mur- word. Burp, burp, burp. Wow. Uh, when <laughs> she allegedly pulled the trigger, uh, Pritchard, who was still in her wedding dress when she was arrested, is accused of pulling out the 9mm handgun, pointing at her husband's head, and firing it. Oh, Wait. shit. Police said the gun was not loaded at the time. Sure, she loaded it. But Pritchard allegedly loaded the gun later and fired it in the air, causing people nearby to flee. The couple were both uncooperative with uh, officers when they were called to the motel and denied that anything was amiss. No, no, no. We're fine here. Yeah, this no. sounds like a, a, a start of a Kelly Pickler song. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, she attempted to hide the gun in the bathroom when the police arrived. Responding officers let the husband know the honeymoon was over and his new wife was going to jail. 
She was charged with aggravated domestic assault and was booked into Rutherford County before being released on $15,000 bond. So anyway, she uh, she apparently posted on Facebook last month of her new tattoo dedicated to Burton, declaring that she was property of J-Rod, her soon-to-be husband's <laughs> and name. she tried to shoot J-Rod. She tended to sh- try to shoot J-Rod, so... <laughs> Yeah, oh, so there you boy. go. That's uh, really something. Thanks, Tennessee. I got something. I got uh, Arkansas, man. Arkansas. <laughs> uh, oh, Arkansas. Arkansas, it's the man. diamond of the south. Accused of having sex with couples' pet donkeys. <laughs> this is from KFOR News. They're on your side. Indeed. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Where news comes first. Everett Lee Compton, Jr., <laughs> Boy, that is the name of his someone Everett? who has sex with farm animals. Everett? 49 years old. What's his name again? Everett Lee Compton Jr. Hey, Beth, you want to bite of this penis? <laughs> <laughs> I, hope the, I hope the mic picked that up because that was fucking awesome. Uh, there's, okay. half a, there's half a Volvo over here, too, if you want to. So, Sorry I already ate the black dong. This... <laughs> Can I talk about the man having somehow the man having sex with donkeys? The least terrible part of what's happening right now. Okay, um, so uh, he's accused of sexually abusing a couple's pet donkeys on several occasions after he was caught on a game camera uh, that was set up to catch trespassers. For some reason, people kept messing with these donkeys. So the couple put up a trail one of those trail cameras, yeah. a game camera that. You know, the motion yeah. turns it on yeah. or whatever. You got one so he of was caught having sex. So they, this is the best line <laughs> ever. It was just the tip. Okay. The camera captured several images on May 27th, June 4th, and July 5th of Compton putting a bag over a donkey's head, oh. getting behind the animal, and placing his pelvis against its rear, according oh, to the documents. Oh, man. Come on. Boy, that's... Uh... <laughs> But here, here's where it gets even better. Wait, so, so that no, wasn't the... not good. <laughs> no, so the guy... Okay, so the, the police apprehended him on July 16th after he was caught having sex with another donkey on the same property. So he's cheating oh, on the so donkey. Gosh. it ain't just... He doesn't just have eyes for one of them. After officers spotted him in the bushes, he at first <laughs> claimed he was only taking a walk, but... After he was told there was video, said that marijuana, quote, makes him do sick things. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the only side effect you're getting from weed is you're gaining 80 pounds on Doritos. I don't think that having Boinking sex with farm animals. farm animals is one of the... Yeah. That makes so, me So uh, he was uh, held in the Benton County Jail on a $5,000 bond. So there you have it. Well, hmm. You're all grown up now. <laughs> Well, Let me just say uh, this. Fuck that guy. That's uh, that's pretty special. <laughs> oh, man. Really something. Mm-hmm. Boy, how many, like, where does that obsession start? Like, it doesn't start with, man, no. that donkey looks good. Like, <laughs> you got to be, like, super, there. super lonely. You well, got to be. Okay, there, maybe. There's, a, there's, there's a, a lot of lonely people not having sex with that's donkeys. That's true. There's, there's a lot of mental stuff going on there, I'm pretty man. sure. I, there's a lot going on there. Man, well, Michael, what you got, buddy? I'm afraid to ask, actually. <laughs> well, what what morphine laced in in, uh, uh, in product updates? Fun do you have for us? Drop. In product updates, uh, pumpkin spice is coming back. 
Um, so we've got... Uh, no, we're about to get busier. Yogurt, yeah, pretzels, <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts, pumpkin spice. Yeah, um, see, the whole pumpkin spice thing bars, totally jumped the shark. Yeah, it did. Uh, Milano's uh, Jello, pumpkin spice Jello. Ooh. Um, I hate oh, Jello bars. Man. There was one on here that I wanted to show you. I'm trying to You know what's worse out. than Jello? Uh, Sugar-free Jello. Jello is disgusting. Yeah, that is true. Well, sugar-free Jello, off-brand sugar-free Jello is the worst. <laughs> it's like it's literally got like plastic on it. Like you're yeah. literally eating plastic. You're not sure if it's going to come out right. Um, pumpkin spice Cheerios as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, because they had those last year, I think. Uh, Burt's Bees uh, pumpkin yeah, spice. I mean, it's just, See, it's jump the shark. Like it's just yeah. Um, uh, pumpkin God, spice. This is the time. Sparkling right? pumpkin spice <laughs> juice. <laughs> We're getting to the time. We're getting to the time in our work year <laughs> where I have to stop myself from jabbing a screwdriver into some rich suburban mom's eye when she orders a PSL. Yeah, she's got her her Give a PSL short in the like, back, yeah, and she got the long screwdriver in the eyeball, driving Shut a fucking face. minivan. <laughs> How about my drill through your chest? God, How about I hate that? When people Looks say like she PSL. just came from working out, but you know she wasn't fucking working out. <laughs> yeah, totally not. Oh You're not gosh. sweating. I just carry this yoga mat around for fun. <laughs> Man, gosh. Now I'm angry. <laughs> no, just go on. All buddy. right. Just move on. Next uh, product <laughs> alert. Uh, Japanese chain rolls out a sweat-flavored fried fried chicken. Oh. Nope. What? Yep. New chicken sauce is supposed to taste like an idol's, idol singer's sweat. Oh, my God. Why? Um because they think that, that that's something people like, want to eat. Here's the thing. Like, let me just just wait. <laughs> wait. Like Japan is one of the idol singer. Wait, in, wait, okay, go ahead. wait. Go ahead. Japan is one of the most ancient cultures on the planet. Yeah. And this is the but shit. Also doing. one of the most forward thinking and bizarre like countries on the planet. They used panty vin and sons of bitches. Yeah. Designed to taste like the refreshing sweat. Of an idol singer, a singer in an all-female pop band. Those are two words that should never be put together. Refreshing sweat. Refreshing sweat. I don't think anybody's ever gone, you know what would be good on this hot day is a nice tall glass of refreshing sweat. Well, like, so the let's, equivalent let's just, of like... Let's just think about just... I mean, like, is there any body fluid that you're like, oh, well, that no. really tasted great? No, no they're I not. No, you shut stop. up. No. I really <laughs> want some of uh, Sporty Spice's back sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I'll take a venti. Sports spice. <laughs> venti. You know what? Here's what's interesting. I'm really curious why he landed with the five spice girls. He landed on sporty spice. Well, because she she sweats a lot. I would imagine because she's sporty. <laughs> she's out there working out, doing doing sports. That's a fair point. I guess she's sportsing. I I have no no nothing no, further. I have nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, another fun fact: um, <laughs> World of Warcraft video game currency is now worth more than Venezuelan money. Yeah, hmm. that doesn't surprise me. Venezuela is a it's a mess. It's a disaster. Yep. So uh, take note, Republicans. We're headed to an authoritarian regime if you don't stop it. Yeah, that's what a authoritarian regime gets you. Please grow a pair of balls and stop this. Thank you. All right, go ahead. All right. Get ready for this. <laughs> Dispute about hedgehog lands... I thought, I thought he locked up there for a minute. No, no. Dispute about hedgehog lands Florida man in jail. <laughs> 
Florida man's back, bitches. Did you try to screw it? <laughs> it's Florida man. Florida man's back. Florida man's never away. Let it's me Florida let me just show you. Week. Let me just show you this Florida man's face real quick, just so you get a good um, idea of Watch what we're beer, but what got we're working with everywhere. Good lord, uh, check out that face. <laughs> That's pretty stellar. It's a face that even a mother's not <laughs> sure if she loves he it. He literally looks like a bald uh, Charles Manson. He is uh-huh. freaked yeah. out. Minus the swastika tattoo on his forehead. His name's Homer Stacy II. Of course it is. <laughs> South Florida man was arrested on aggravated assault charges after he armed himself with a machete and a baseball bat. It, during makes, you, a, it makes you wonder what Homer Stacy I was like, doesn't it? <laughs> he was a real stand-up dude. Um... Uh, a baseball bat during a dispute with his son about a hedgehog. Um, he was Homer Stacy II, 53, uh, was walking outside his Green Acres home Sunday, pushing a wheelchair with a baseball. Green Acres is the place to be. Farm living is the life for me. Land spreading out so far and wide. Keep Manhattan, I'm giving that countryside. All right, so he was pushing a wheelchair. You did that, uh, you did that a half second before I did. With a baseball bat <laughs> and a machete on the seat. Uh, when deputies asked Stacy's uh, Stacy what the uh, I, what he was doing with the items, um, he said they were for his protection. Uh, he claimed that he had just walked over to tell his son to come and get his hedgehog, and that he left Stacy's home. Come get your hedgehog. That's probably when, how that went. When his <laughs> when, with, when his son had pushed him, um, so he went back and forth between being cooperative and belligerent. Shocker. Um, <laughs> when deputy spoke to his son, much like myself. <laughs> yes. Uh, his, his son said that uh, his dad had been drinking heavily and instructed uh, his son to go and hurt a woman. Yikes. But that he refused. Um, Stacy started yelling at him and stabbing a door with a knife. So, Boy. What's that got to do with a hedgehog? There's a lot going on there. So uh, Stacy's son said his father pushed him, so he left and snuck in later to grab his belongings, but Stacy was already gone. Um, they were yelling at each other. Uh, he picked mm. up a baseball bat and said he intended to hit him with it. So No counseling needed there. No, not yep. at all. Yep. Two counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and one count of simple assault. Just a little simple assault. Just simple, <laughs> just a simple assault. As opposed to complex, complex assault. assault. Yeah. So I, I have one more. And this where is where you perform like jujitsu moves as a complicated <laughs> assault. We had quite a few people show it. Send this. The Dane Cook of martial arts. Um, we had quite a few people send us this um, on Twitter, Facebook, and stuff. But Shane Landing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote him on this because he form the question which poly brother was it um the title of the the article is uh man totals for Fer- Fer- ferrari yeah. one hour after buying it yeah uh, i heard about this yep survived In a England, crash right yep uh one hour after he bought it uh the police called it a miracle escape. Yeah, I saw the picture. There's nothing left of that car. Yeah. Oh yeah it is like burned to the ground it's terrible Gone. Yep, it's worth about two hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Man, it doesn't insurance like that doesn't take effect for a couple of days. I right? wouldn't think like, so. Uh, yeah, you can get insurance like generally. I, I mean, that's. I a mean, really I'm assuming you would have to show proof of insurance before you could buy a two hundred sixty thousand dollar automobile. Yeah, I, so I would say um, 
So three cars ago, I had to show insurance. I had to get insurance while I was there. Uh, one, two cars ago, I didn't, and then most recently, I did. So that's kind of a hot. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking with that, with like, with something that. Yeah, you kind of want to. You mean that's a quarter of a million, over a quarter of a million yeah, dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, I got one more. No, no, you no, you don't. No, that's like five don't. stories, Seriously. man. All right, but this, no, no, this no. Cow, nobody needs nope, your this cow, morphine this calf. God, it looks like Gene Simmons. I saw it. It does. It does look like Gene Simmons. Yeah, it kind of does. Mm. Yeah, yeah. This is that was just one for the people on the internet because they're not going to be able to see it. <laughs> that's so. great. Good. Right. Really glad you took that fifteen seconds to do that, Michael. <laughs> yeah. We, all right, now we're going to an interview. But it looks like Gene Simmons and his kids it makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we're going to go into an interview. Do we want to say anything before we go to the interview? We got an introduction in the uh, thing. You're going to like this one. I think you're going to like this one a lot. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well. Hit it. Hit it. Here we go. Further up and further in. Further up and further in. Yeah. All right, everybody. This man is the founder and governing badass of Inc. 180 Ministries. <laughs> he is a Chicago suburb transplant from the barren wasteland that is Los Angeles. And he is a key cog in the fight against gang activity and human trafficking, uh, which he will talk about here shortly. He is a husband, a father of two, and after an extensive weight loss regimen, he is quite literally half the man he used to be. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you my friend Chris Baker. Wow, that was, that was like the best introduction I've ever received. <laughs> oh man, how you doing, buddy? Oh, fantastic! How you guys doing? I'm great. Doing I am fun. very excited for everybody to hear this episode and to hear your story. So, uh, mentioned that you're from Inc. 180 Ministries. Give me a give us uh, our listeners that may uh, not be sort of aware of what you do kind of give us what what is Inc 180 yeah definitely um, six years ago we started Inc 180 ministry and I was looking for a way to just to serve God and use the gifts that he gave me to, to make a difference in the lives of people in our community and um, we prayed a lot and, and got this calling to start removing and covering gang tattoos free of charge for people that were trying to change their lives and get their you know, their life going in a different direction, away from the gang life and more productive. And uh, since 2011, we have expanded the ministry and it's always, you know, continuing to, to grow in different ways. But we uh, right now, as it is, we help former gang members, victims of sex trafficking who are branded by their pimps or traffickers, uh, victims of domestic violence who might have a tattoo from that point in their lives that just is kind of an anchor to them holding them back from living their best life. And now we're also doing free tattoo cover-ups for those that dealt with self-harm or cutting. Uh, we're going to we're coming up on the 6th anniversary of the ministry in October and by that time we we'll, we will have reached the milestone of helping 4,000 people free of charge. Wow. <laughs> That's nuts. right. Dude, I remember when you started this thing in your basement. That's right. crazy. Crazy. Exactly. And, yeah, and I told my wife we'd probably do like 3 or 4 a month. So she didn't freak out. <laughs> I really thought that's what you know we were going to be doing, and then uh, it just you know God made it take off, and it's it's taken off in amazing ways. It's been a, a crazy journey, and I, I'm blessed to be a part of it. Fantastic. So about that journey, I know your uh, superhero origin story. 
uh, <laughs> but our uh, our listeners do not. There's fact, an actual uh, Marvel movie coming out. I think can we, in a yeah, couple well, of years. Can about we talk about super suit green? I'm sorry. What was that? Please don't make the super suit green. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we talk about how you know Brad? Because I, I I mean, ah. I, just for our listeners' yeah, I sake, I think that's that's, yeah. that's kind of important for a little bit of backstory. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I was uh, the church I was going to at the time. My the first church I really started, you know, when I found faith and uh, Brad came in and, and was a guest pastor and the pastor of our church, Fran Lehman was working with him and he was a, he was a lot younger then. And, uh, <laughs> he came in and they're like, Oh yeah, we have a, a guest guest speaker today. And I just met Brad and he's a great guy. He's funny. You know, I love listening to his, his talk and I was like, man, we should just hire this dude. He's a better a better pastor, but uh, <laughs> we just became friends. And so you have poor judgment, is what you're saying? No, <laughs> I think the way that we became friends is I, I volunteered to help them move. Yeah, and he's like, yes, this guy's a big, you know, strong back, weak mind club member. So <laughs> we just started hanging out, and, and uh, actually, you know, we were laughing and joking about it. Brad, like, played a, a huge role in this whole thing getting going because he wrote the first article for a local little local blog on I think mm-hmm. Facebook uh, about Inc 180 and from then like WGN news picked that up and came and did a news story and it just that's when it blew up so he was a good job a, Brad yeah when, when Brad was an aspiring journalist <laughs> right and now you've been on WGN with man Cal so that was yeah. pretty awesome <laughs> Man, what a mess! Okay. Back when when Brad was a mommy blogger, <laughs> did, yeah, did yeah. did uh, when you were on with the Cal, didn't they kick him off that episode? Yeah, yeah, we were filming <laughs> Windy City Live, and uh, they were you know trying to do a, a serious piece about our work, and he whipped his shirt off and started flipping it around his head like he was in a rap video, and you know making all these crude jokes about you know sex trafficking, gangs, and stuff. And they apologized profusely, and they escorted him out of the building <laughs> and asked if we could refilm it. It was epic. Well, the best is that you have a picture with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So apparently that was before the incident. Well, yeah, it was before we started taping. <laughs> That's so it was, good. Here's the, here's the crazy thing about him. Like, uh, I, you know, I've listened to his story, his show a couple of times and stuff. Uh, not a lot, and I just I. He says a lot of stuff that makes my skin crawl. You know, he, he makes jokes about pimps and yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You know, I, mean, I that I hate that word. Period. But uh, he, that guy, goes to James McDonald's church. Really? Huh. Yes. We were talking in the green room. He's like, I love Jesus, and man, he's like talking to me about the the Jesus portrait on my leg, and he's like, that's a beautiful tattoo. Oh my gosh, man! But. You know, I mean, it was shot out of a cannon. If I didn't know better, I'd swear the dude just did like 80 people dose of coke. You know? <laughs> yeah, he was telling me about how he loves Jesus. And I was like, well, that's cool, man. But like, can you stop talking about pimps like it's cool? <laughs> right. I'm, I'm going to show up at your office one day and drag you out by your ankles. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. So so your, your story, uh, you grew up in L.A., I did. Uh, talk about that a little bit, kind of a little bit of your yep. upbringing, and then how you ended up in Illinois. Yeah, I. Um, my dad left us when I was I was young. I was thirteen, fourteen years old, and he left. And he didn't, you know, he didn't just get an apartment across town. He left the country and moved to England. Hmm. 
and really left us with nothing. It was me, my mom, and my little sister, and, and I was hanging out with the wrong people, moved, moved to a rough part of, uh, of town. You know, it was up in Carson, California, uh, just south of Compton. Hmm. Yeah. And I, w- I was like the, the one white dude there, but I was an artist. It was funny because all my, all my new friends were, were Pyru Bloods. <laughs> and people ask me all the time, they're like, well, how didn't you get dragged into that? And I was like, well, because I don't think – they knew I wasn't about that life. I had, you know nothing that they they wanted me to be involved with but <clears throat> i was doing tattoos for them and they protected me because of that and they protected my mom and my sister and our house um they looked out for us it was crazy wow wow but um growing up you know i i've seen some things i've, I've seen a lot of things that most people just should never see i've seen murders and you know shootings stabbings um, I've lost 17 of those friends. I have friends who are in prison on three strikes that'll never get out for nonviolent offenses. Gosh, wow. I've seen things that Hollywood can't write. Uh, people ask me all the time, like, why in the hell would you move from LA to Chicago? And, uh, my wife, Lisa and I met in high school and she's originally from Chicago, but we met out there in high school in LA and, uh, got married and started our family and 10 years ago just over 10 years ago one of my friends got home from jail his name was Dante and he'd he'd done two and a half years in the twin town uh, twin towers jail out in LA County and he was a gang member and he did his time that he deserved to do and he uh, but he was telling us you know when he came home we threw a barbecue for him at his mom's place and he was he came out that day and he's telling us how about you know I found God while I was locked up and me out. It was way before I had Christ in my life. I looked at him like a real smart aleck and I was like, uh, what was he in for? <laughs> <laughs> like, man, no, nah, man. Like these ministers came in and they prayed with us and they gave us Bibles and they talked to us about Jesus. And I got baptized and I got my GED and all, like all this positive stuff, you know? But with Dante, we were like, come on, man. You're like, you, what are you talking about? Like, when are you going to start working again? And uh, he's like, no, I'm moving across. I'm, I'm moving across the country. I want to go out to Atlanta. I want to go to college. I want to do something with my life. Hmm. And, you know, we had a great day. We laughed, drank, and, and ate barbecue. Pretty much perfect day. And that night, you know, the wives and girlfriends had all kind of headed home for the night, and we were hanging out. And at 11.47 p.m., we're out in front of his mom's place and saying our goodbyes and kind of hanging out and joking a little bit. And uh, we may or may not have had a little bit too much to drink. A <laughs> uh, uh, silver Chevy Tahoe came creeping down the street, cut its lights out, and had the window rolled down and Stuck a 12-gauge shotgun out the, the passenger side window, shouted out Dante's street name, and they shot him in the chest. Wow. And uh, there, was, there was about 15 of us out there that night. He was the, the only one that got shot. He was the obvious target because they called out his name. Um, I dove towards him uh, as he was falling down to the ground. I was about five feet to his left. My friend Tony was about six feet to his right, and he also dove towards him as he was going down and I, I reached my hand around his back just before he hit the ground, and my hand went into his back, and oh. he, he was gone. He was gone. The, the paramedics came, and uh, the cops came, and the coroner came, and it was, uh, it was about 3.30 in the morning when they all kind of left, and I was all finished, and I called Lisa 
because I was getting ready to head home and I was wearing khaki shorts and a white t-shirt and it was covered in blood. And I, I want, I didn't want her to freak out when she saw me, but I also wanted her to be prepared to be up and talk because I was a, I was a mess. Yeah, sure. And got home. She had a garbage bag. She's like, get rid of all those clothes. I want to make sure you didn't get hit, which I didn't even think of because I was so hopped up on adrenaline from what had happened that I didn't know if I had been hit at all, but I wasn't. And that night we stayed up and talked about what we were going to do because we both agreed pretty quickly it was time to get out of L.A. Yeah. And we talked and we were like, well – you know, we want a place that has the same kind of cultural diversity as Los Angeles and arts and music and all that. But, uh, you know, more of a community feeling where you actually get to know your neighbors a little bit. and You know, you don't have to worry about helicopters overhead every night and drive-bys and stuff. So we're, naturally, we decided to move to Chicago because <laughs> nothing bad ever happens here. <laughs> I, I remember specifically saying to her, over that week, one week period that kind of followed Dante's murder, I was like, "Yeah, let's go to Chicago, man. They have all the all those great things that we value, and uh, they don't have any gang problems." <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I tell people this all the time. I think you know, I grew up in in L.A. during the L.A. riots and the the height of the gang activity in L.A. And I think Chicago is ten times worse than it ever was living out there. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I go. I still go back home. I go back home every year or so and just go see friends and family. And they'll be like, cuz, what's going on in Chicago? Man, it's crazy up there. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to do something. But yeah, so we moved to Chicago and, and that's when things really kind of got crazy and my life started to change. Uh, yeah, so about that change, <clears throat> you know, you didn't grow up religious. No. Um, but after you moved to Chicago, I know this part of your story. I didn't know that part of your story. That's really freaking crazy. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know it's bad when LA's like, you guys need to take it easy, <laughs> calm down could, just a little you bit. You guys could not be so violent. <laughs> you guys um, like out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, it, like at some point after you moved to Chicago, like God happened. Can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So. I um I I've been a tattoo artist for a long 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 time, right? But it wasn't my job. I did logistics uh, for a Fortune 100 company called Ingram Micro, great company, and uh, I worked there for 20 years. I started in the warehouse, just loading and unloading UPS trucks, and kind of worked my way up through the company into corporate operations. And then when Lisa and I decided to move to Chicago, they actually transferred me, and uh, I was working at their facility out here in Carroll Stream. They paid for our move, all this stuff. I was making $100,000 a year, and I was worshiping the wrong master for mm-hmm. sure. And I got called into my my uh, director's office one day, and we'd been friends for years, and he knew my mom and all kinds of stuff, and really close with this guy. And, and Zia looked at me, and he had tears in his eyes, and was like, what's going on? He's like, Chris, I'm so sorry, but I, I have to let you go. They're doing layoffs, and it's all about – you know, salary numbers and I hate this, but I have to let you go. And, um, I was a good, you know, I, I dropped out of high school when I was 15 to go to work to support my mom and my sister. And I got my GED, but I didn't have any formal college education or anything like that. So I went from making a hundred thousand dollars a year 
and every job I was looking for or even able to apply for was like a 50% pay cut. Yeah. Uh, we were losing our house. Uh, we, we did a short sale on our house. We had two cars repossessed. It was like, as far as I was concerned, it was the bottom that I could be at, you know, cause my dad, before he left, he always told me, he's like, well, you're, you know, you're probably never going to do anything that special with your life. Just do the best you can and make as much money as you can. Hmm. So I was devastated. So I relived all of that pain from that. And I was just depressed and I was suicidal and I was, I was a mess. And Lisa came to me and this is the key. I really want people to hear. If you don't hear anything else I say, (laughs) listen to this. Lisa came to me. I was sitting in our basement watching TV, depressed out of my mind. And she came over to me and she said, Chris, you know what? I love you. Um, I know you love me too. But I think that we should go and talk to somebody and, and see if somebody can help us, you know, with some of our issues, things that are going on. And she didn't come to me and point her finger at me and say, you're a mess. You're mm-hmm. suicidal. You're crazy. You're hard to be around. I, I can't even talk to you. I feel like I'm on eggshells around you, which was what she probably could have said. I mean, I was a mess. And so we went and uh, we asked friends, we're like, where did you guys go when you were having marriage issues? And the same name and the same place kept coming up, and it's called the uh, the Samaritan Interfaith Counseling Center, and the woman's name is Joan Guest. Hmm. And we laughed and rolled our eyes every time it came up because we're like, that's church, man. We don't do church stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we believed in God. We believed in Jesus and all that, but we didn't know him, and we didn't care to seek him out. Uh, so finally, after like the sixth or seventh recommendation, we're like, we should probably just go check this place out. If we don't like it, we can always go somewhere else, but we can at least say we tried. So we booked an appointment for a Saturday morning. It was right after the Haiti earthquake happened, and we'd been watching that all week. And uh, like most Americans, we were watching it and flipped it, flipped to something else because it was just too sad to deal with, and we didn't know how we could do anything. Uh, so we go to this appointment Saturday morning, and I walk in with my shorts and my short sleeve shirt, tattoos everywhere i'm like man i'm not covering my tattoos for this christian lady i don't care what she thinks i mean i don't owe anybody an explanation and i was really arrogant i was really cocky and i thought i knew all the answers to all of life's problems and i really in my head thought we were going to go to counseling and that counselor was going to tell lisa all the things she was doing wrong as my wife to make me be the way i was (laughs) (laughs) was a bad bad place so anyway we walk in we sit down with Joan. Joan comes out to greet us, and she looked just like the church lady from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Ringer. It's like skirt to the floor. The cuffs on her on her dress were all the way to her knuckles and tight perm, the whole deal. And uh, I, I just kind of sat there and thought, I was like, this woman's going to destroy me. And uh, we sat with her for that hour, and she was amazing. We really enjoyed talking with her. She was very pleasant. Um, which didn't surprise us, you know, um, but she was just really cool. And we liked her so much. We decided to book an appointment for the following Saturday to really kind of dig into things. We kind of laid the table with that first appointment. Like this is what's going on kind of thing. And I was getting ready to get up to go. And she's like, Oh, Chris, wait, hang on a second. She said, I always like to offer to pray with my clients before we leave for the day. And I was like, Oh, oh damn, here we go. Like, these <laughs> always trying to cram Jesus into your, you know, into your life. And I looked at Lisa, Lisa was right next to me. 
And we both kind of rolled our eyes at the same time. And I looked at Joe and I said, you know what, Joe, if it makes you feel better or you think it's going to really help, go for it. So we're, Lisa and I are sitting next to each other. Joan's across the room. And we fold our hands and bow our heads because we're like, this is what we're supposed to do when somebody prays, right? And uh, Joan starts to pray. And for the first time in my life, when somebody was praying for me, I actually listened to her. And um, it was a pretty amazing thing that happened. And uh, the only way that I can really describe it is I had like a physical feeling kind of take over my body. Like uh, the only way I can accurately describe it is when you take a fleece blanket out of the dryer on a really cold winter day and it just feels good and it's warm and it even smells good. And it just, it feels awesome to wrap yourself up in that. Well, I, I felt when Joan was praying that like somebody was draping that over my shoulders like a cape. Wow. And now I'm tripping out inside. This is I'm a like, superhero origin story, isn't it? <laughs> Seriously. So I'm listening to Joan. She's still praying. She's still praying. This woman is long-winded for Jesus, and God bless her. <laughs> because I'm feeling this feeling, and I can hear my wife crying next to me. I got my eyes closed. She's over there crying. I'm tearing up because I know something's happening, but I don't know what it is. And I didn't hear a voice, but I had this thought that replayed like a, almost like a slot machine wheel, like kept landing on this message. And it was, just follow me and this is going to be okay. <laughs> just follow me. Just follow me. This isn't a big deal. Follow me and this will be okay. And guys, when I tell you I lost it, I lost it all the way. Like I was sobbing so hard I couldn't breathe. There's snot draining from my nose. Like hitting the floor. I'm a mess. I'm shaking. Joan's still praying. I'm like, what in the world? Like, how long <laughs> do I pray for? I thought I was on like a TBN telethon or something. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, she finishes the prayer. And it takes Lisa and I a good five minutes to get our composure back. And then I looked at Lisa. She looked at me. And I was like, this is what's wrong. Like, this is what's wrong with me. This is what's wrong with our relationship. This is what's wrong with our family. Like I'm seeing all these, these times where God was sitting right next to me, trying to get me to open my eyes and be smart and, and see what he was trying to do. And I put up a wall and, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I, um, I've dealt, I've, I've dealt with fear and anxiety and depression in a horrible way most of my life. And now I, I'm much better with it. But, um, you know, I always, I, whenever I have an opportunity, I'm like, guys, go see a counselor. Yeah. Even if your life is good, go see a counselor. If you think everything's great, go see a counselor. Uh, same thing with marriage. You know, it's like just because your marriage is going great doesn't mean you shouldn't go talk to a, a third party and just look for ways to to fine tune things. Uh, we were just, you know, we're friends with the guys from Corn. I was sitting on a tour bus with Fieldy like two weeks ago. <laughs> it's like, bro, like my wife's so mad. I'm touring and this and that. He's like, I got to get home. And I asked him, I'm like, have you guys ever gone to counseling? He's like, oh no, man, like no, nah. like you do it. And we talked for like an hour and we prayed about it. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you right now, it's gonna be the best thing you've ever done for your marriage. And I think you should call and make the appointment because it's going to show your wife how invested you are in your relationship and how much you love her. Um, 
So we just had a great conversation about that. But so basically, you're the pastor for corn. Is that what? Is that how I'm reading that? Uh, yeah, those guys, man, those guys are so awesome. I, we love what they do, and um, I you've given you've given them some tattoos, right? Yeah, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing I'm doing some removals for Brian right now because he's got when he got saved, he had some tattoos on his face that he just doesn't like anymore. So yeah, I, he actually he was here not that long ago, and he signed a. Uh, their their newest album he brought he gave me a copy of it and signed it and he said thanks for making me scream like a little bitch <laughs> <laughs> that's but, fantastic uh, but seriously though like those guys are phenomenal they go out after all their shows around the arena and just pray with people and share their story that is like that's if you crazy. don't like that is unbelievable like you th- you think right? of a band like corn and you go yeah. no not those guys yeah and, no and, and like I see your face, like your Facebook posts and your your Instagram stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, those guys, like, yeah, totally those guys. Yeah. They're so sold out for the Lord; it's amazing. Like <laughs> they make me want to do more, and I'm like, I don't have time to do more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm maxed out. Thanks, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for making me feel inadequate in the eyes of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, corn makes you feel inadequate. Who would have thought that? <laughs> so. You, it was only what a couple short years after, uh, I don't, I guess you found Jesus, Jesus found you, however you want to say that, um, that Inc. 180 kind of was starting to be birthed. So, talk about, uh, what started Inc. 180. Like, yeah, yeah, go so ahead. I, so, the pastor asked me to. To, it was hilarious. He comes up to me after church and he's like, "Yeah, hey, uh, Chris, why are all the high school kids hanging out with you after church?" I was like, "Pastor, because I'm covered in tattoos. They think that that means I'm cool. I'm not telling them that I'm old and I'm I, any <laughs> <laughs> washed away a long time ago." But uh, we talk about tattoos, and he's like, "Well, have you ever thought about helping out with youth group?" And I was, I said. The thing that I said, I hear this all the time. I'm sure you guys have heard it a million times. And it makes my skin crawl when I hear it. I said, Pastor, I'm just trying to get myself right with God. What could I possibly offer these kids? <laughs> and he did that. He laughed. And he said, Chris, you know, I'm, I'm a lot less worried about what you can offer them as opposed to what they can offer you. And I didn't know what that meant. Um, but I talked to one of the other um, – the, the youth pastor was a friend of mine. I was like, man, you know what do you think? He's like, you should totally do it. He's like, I'm the one that told him to tell, talk to you about it. <laughs> so, so I, I agreed to do it. And I was like, well, there's plenty of other leaders that can help me out if I get stuck on stuff. And they gave me all the high school boys. Of course, that I hear have all the craziest kids in our church right now. <laughs> and we were, we were doing this project where we were trying to find ways to use our gifts from God to serve the community. And I was talking with these, these young guys and a lot of them were artists and I was like, well, you know, what do you guys want to do? What We can do whatever we want to do. Let's find a way to use our gifts to help the community. And one of the kids came up with the idea of there's a, a place over an area in Joliet called The Hill. It's it's the worst two blocks of Joliet, Illinois. Uh, it's, it's highly populated with Latin kings. And he said, there's a lot of old gang graffiti over there. Why don't we do murals and cover it? And I was all about that because I was a graffiti nice. artist. And I was like, my eyes lit up like it was Christmas morning. And um, so I did did some of the legwork on it. I was like, let's call the cops because I want to see if we can get police support so we don't get, you know, 
and have any issues with gangs over there while we're doing it. Uh, we talked to the city. They all they loved it. It didn't cost them a thing to get rid of this graffiti, and so we started doing it. And it was cool. We were doing it every once a month, and the the kids were never gone. They always made that. Um, there was never an absentee on it. It was really cool because they were bringing their friends, and a lot of their friends that were coming didn't go to church, and um, they were like me before Joan. You know, they had no idea um, about Jesus or anything, and they were coming, and then they started coming to church. You know, eventually, and. I was really getting into it and I was like, I love doing this, but like, what's my, why am I still here? Why, why do I have 17 dead friends and I'm still here? (laughs) Why didn't I get shot that night when Dante died? You know, I was really deep into that whole thing and I was looking at death like how, like how did this not happen to me? How did I survive all this madness? And I started praying about it. And the answer that I got to that prayer was go do what you love to do more than anything and just do it for free to help people change in their lives. It sounds so simple now. Right. And, (laughs) you know, I talk to people all the time and they're like, well, Chris, like I want to find my Inc. 180. Like, what can I do? I'm like, well, you're talking to the wrong person. You need to talk to God. Don't talk to me about it. I don't know. (laughs) I, I don't have the plan for your life, but I know he does. And, so, yeah, you know, like we, we kind of alluded to it earlier, but I went home to Lisa and I was like, I was so happy. I was in tears. I was like, I was ridiculous. I was like, oh my God, I know what God wants me to do. He wants me to start covering and removing gang tattoos for people for free that are trying to get their lives back on track. And she was excited about it. And, you know, Lisa is very supportive, first and foremost. She's always supportive of me. Um, even the, some of the craziest stuff I've done in my life, she's, so <laughs> um, yeah, you walk, you walk in and go, I'm going to do something that's going to make no money. Is that cool? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to make me no money and could get me killed. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, uh, so she said, I just have two questions. She said, where are we going to do this and how are we going to pay for it? And I said, well, we're going to set up, a, I've got a area here in the basement. I can set up a home studio, which is by the way, totally illegal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was like, well, like I said, we'll probably do three or four a month. So it's, we'll figure out a way. It's not gonna be that expensive. No big deal. And <laughs> whoops, <laughs> Mr. Polly writes a little story. And the world goes crazy, but, but no, here's the thing. I mean, think about this. I'm doing, I'm in the basement of my house covering gang tattoos for people I've never met in my life. I don't know if they're active gang members or former gang members or what, um, in the basement of my house and my kids are one, one floor above me doing homework and eating dinner. And it was all cool. Like we never had an issue. Um, and then, you know, it, it took off and, and God blessed it. You know, my, my pastor has a saying that, that he uses all the time and it's, it's pretty awesome. He says, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. And, um, after a few of the, the newspaper, like Chicago Tribune did a story, a bunch of big news outlets did stories on us. And I got a phone call from the health department. Like, we want to meet with you. I was like, Oh damn. (laughs) Whoops. Yeah. So the health department calls me in and I freaked out thinking that they're going to lock me up for tattooing out of my house. And, they were exactly the opposite. They were they couldn't have been nicer. They read the story in the paper and 
they uh, they basically the blueprint. They're like, we would love to help you open a facility and uh, get things done the right way. And here's all. Basically, they laid it all out. This is what you need. And I was excited, but at the same time, I was like, man, I don't have any money. Like, I just lost my house. I lost two cars. My my credit is at like scorched earth level. <laughs> I, I couldn't finance a box of Triscuits if I wanted to at the time. I was driving home from that meeting and, and my pastor, Jeff, he called me. He was at the bank and um, Tom was the president of the bank and he was also a member of our church. He's like, yeah, Tom was telling me about the article. That's so cool. And he wants to meet with you about opening a shop. And I was like, this is crazy. Um but I was excited enough to know that this was a God thing. Like God was lining some stuff up and I, I was just supposed to go along with it and see what it was. So anyway, I, I uh, called Tom. We set up a meeting for the following day. He told me to bring my tax documents from the year before and a business plan if I had one. And I did. Um, I had My business plan was broken out three different ways. You know, bare bones just to open a, a shop, a proper shop. Um, middle of the road, some nice to have stuff. And then if I ever win the lottery, (laughs) so I I go in, I sit with Tom and uh, I'm really uh, just not believing it's going to happen, but just kind of going with it. And Tom's like, run me through your middle of the road. And I did. And it was about 15,000 I I thought I would need. And Tom's kind of shaking his head and he's like, no, you need like 25,000. He's like, it's going to be more than you think. And I said, "I, I, I don't doubt that. And I was I was kind of defeated because I was like there's no way I'm getting a twenty five thousand dollar loan. So Tom gives me a, a a stack of papers and he's like fill these take these home fill them out bring them back to me. I was like okay and it, I mean it was literally it was like forty pages of paperwork and I'm like am I wasting my time here am am I wasting your time? And he said no just go home and do it. I said okay well like what's the approval process like? And he's like Chris you just went through it. He's like, I'm the president of this bank. <laughs> Sign off on whatever I want. And I was I was blown away. So I did. I went home. I talked to Lisa. Um, we took everything in the next day, signed the paperwork. A week later, I had a check for 25 grand. Uh, and then I went and I had been looking at some, some facilities in the area. And I wanted to keep it in Oswego where we live because I'm real big on that. And um, there had never been a tattoo shop in Oswego, and I knew that. Uh, people had tried to open them before, and they were shot down. There was no zoning for it, and they didn't want a tattoo shop here. Um, but I found this this location where we're at. The The rent was perfect. It was $750 a month. It was a two-story building. It was great, good location. And I signed a three-year lease on the building knowing that I had to go in and battle with the village to get a zoning exception. But I was like, there's no way God's going to do all this stuff and get us to the, the one yard line and not let us punch it in, you know? <laughs> so, so we do all this. You're, you're not, you're not the Seattle Seahawks two years no, ago. Uh, no, not even. <laughs> so, so, uh, fill out of the paperwork to go to the zoning commission and we go in that night and it was me, my pastor and an army from my church, like ready to go in there with, you know, pitchforks and, you know, <laughs> and stuff. I go up to the podium to, to talk about my application. I start going 100 miles an hour with the village president, telling them why they should let us open a facility here. The, the village president, Brian LeClerc, kind of holds his hand up. He's like, Mr. Baker, I'm going to interrupt you. And I was like, oh, man, here we go. It's on. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. And uh, 
he said, we're very aware of the work that you do. We love the work that you do. And we think it's, it's going to be a great fit in our community. And if you're okay with it, I would just like to put this up for a vote. I was like, what? And uh, he puts it up for a vote. It was a unanimous yes vote from the, the zoning commission. Wow. Yeah. This, then, let me interrupt for like one second. So, like, so last week we talked about, was it last week? With Brandon? No, two weeks ago. I don't know what you're talking about. We talked about does God, we we discussed whether does God speak, does God speak anymore? I I think we can listen to the story and go, yeah, I think, I think he does. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes shouts too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I just want to (laughs) interject that useless comment. So, yeah. So we go in for the village board uh, approval that night and basically the village president told me just to keep my mouth shut. You know, which is if if you know me, you'll know that's a near <laughs> never, never happen, right? So anyway, I go up there and and uh, he he reads the application and he's like, if it's okay with everybody here, I'd like to put this up for a vote. And before I he could even get the words out of his mouth, like three of the other trustees were like, I'd like to second it. I'd like to, you know, and they were fighting over voting yes to open a tattoo shop in Oswego, and it was the craziest, most mind blowing thing of my life. Because I really thought it was going to be a fight. Yeah, we opened the shop. It's been here, you know, six almost five years now, and you know the, the the village has been awesome with us. They love what we do, and they've been supportive, and it's been a fantastic relationship. That's awesome. So I know, like you started when you started, it was uh, specifically uh, mostly, or if not all, uh, guys leaving gang life. Yeah. Um, and since then, since you opened, you've really branched out a lot into uh, survivors of sex trafficking. Yeah, I do. Talk a lot about with that. how you got into that. Sure, my friend Brian Smith. Uh, he's an agent with Homeland Security. He's a narcotics guy, and he called or he came up to me after church. I had just given an update at church about the ministry, and he's like, "Man, I want you to come and speak to my gang unit." And I was really excited about doing that because I'd never worked with the feds, you know. And anytime you look like me and you go in and meet with a bunch of feds and you're not shackled <laughs> to a table getting interrogated, it's a pretty cool cool day. <laughs> but, uh, he, he set up the meeting. I was driving up there and uh, he called me on my cell phone. And, uh, you know, I broke the law and answered it while I was driving. And he's like, hey, Chris, do you mind if I have some more folks in this meeting? They want to hear what you're doing. He said, sure, no problem. You know, who is it? Oh, it's our trafficking unit. It's like, man, what does drug trafficking have to do with removing cover? <laughs> and he said, no, this is, you know, this is sex trafficking. And I couldn't believe it, man, because I had no idea that that was going on in our communities, our yeah. country at all, you know? Yeah. And uh, I said, yeah, sure, have them sit in. And they, uh, we, you know, we I did the presentation for the gangs stuff first. We partnered like 15 minutes later. It was the easiest slam dunk meeting I've had, I think. <laughs> and uh, I said, please educate me about the sex trafficking issue because I have no idea what you're talking about. And they did. They spent about two hours just giving me this horrific like brain download on what sex trafficking looks like in our country. And um, They started showing me pictures of these these kids. They're like 13, 14, 15 years old that are being forced, forcibly sold into prostitution and, you know, forced to, to be with, you know, 15 to 20 customers a day. And Shit. They're beaten and raped and just tortured. Um, it's the most horrific thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, and then at the end of it, they started showing me pictures of tattoos that these pimps are forcing their victims to get. They're branding them like cattle, you know. And 
it broke my heart because for the first time in my life, I saw tattoos as something disgusting and ugly and terrifying. And um, well, they're, they're they actually, asked, well, they're actually barcodes, aren't they? Well, they do. Yeah, they use barcodes a lot. Um, they're you know they're non-functional barcodes, but they they have number and letter codes usually below the barcode, just like any barcode on products we buy. But they have those those number codes and letter codes are usually tied into databases on the dark web. They use, they use that to buy, sell, and trade victims back and forth. And it's you know it's just horrific. And we you know we see a lot of pimps' names. We see gang tattoos because now the gangs are being um, brought into the world of trafficking and they, you know, they, they call it boomerang economics because they can have, let's say they have 10, 10 girls that they send out every day with a quota and say, don't come back to this house until you make 2,500 or $3,000. They send them out in the morning, they come back with money at night and they send them back out the next day. They come back with money. Um, it's a lot safer for them than drug trafficking or gun trafficking. So yeah, we, we're seeing a lot of it. We, um, we're on the national provider list with the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, and the U.S. Attorney's Office, and it's uh, it's it's a blessing and a curse to be able to do it. I mean, I love to do it for them and get rid of those tattoos, but I, I take on a lot of that garbage. I I, I have a lot. Of, I take on a lot of the guilt of the the ones that did that to them. Wow. You know, it's kind of like. Um, if you, you know, if you've seen the green mile, like Michael Clark Duncan's character where he'll like put, put his hand on him, and he can kind of see what they went through and what happened. Right. You know, when you're a tattoo artist and you're sitting there with somebody, it's almost like you're an amateur therapist. They'll open up their lives and just pour it all out on the floor. And I hear some horrific stuff. And, you know, I, like I said before, I'm real big on counseling. I still go to counseling every other week to offload all the garbage that I hear. Well, well, that answered my question. I was going to ask you how do you how you maintain your soul in the midst of just just god awful, yeah, hellish, nightmarish stories. It's hard. It's, it's hard um, because you the things you hear you can't unhear, and you, the the stories you hear are clear and very visible evidence of the inherent evil in the world that's at work. Um, but on the flip side of that, I get to hear about their hope and what they want to do and things that they want. They want to use their experience for good. They want to educate. They want to be advocates. They you know, um, it's not just despair and like I'm giving up for the rest of my life and I'm going to be a hermit somewhere, which you would certainly understand if they went that road. But right. Yeah. We we do hear the hope on the, on the other end of their their story, so that's what keeps it going. Uh, talk about the uh, is it it's called the Freedom Tree? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, so when I started covering removing gang tattoos, I, I started uh, reclaiming their colors. You know, all the gangs have different colors that represent the gang, and a lot of times they'll wear bandanas or hats or whatever. And so I started hanging up their old bandanas in my shop. I've got a whole bunch of them. Um, but I wanted to do something for the survivors of sex trafficking too, to kind of give them an exclamation point when we get rid of that old tattoo. And, you know, it's important to say that that's just one significant part of their aftercare process. They're going to go through years and years of therapy and rehabilitation and, and health stuff. Um, but it is significant in that it is a constant visual reminder of that past. So, 
we were praying about it and talked with my kids. I'm like, how can we give them some way to remember that, you know, they're somebody new now. They're not that old person. So they came up with the, the idea of painting a tree on an eight foot by eight foot canvas in the shop back here in the shop room where I work. And every time we cover or remove a trafficking tattoo, they have the option. It's, it's optional. I've never had somebody not want to do it though, um, where they dip their hand in whatever color paint they want and put it up on the tree to kind of portray the leaves of the tree. And then on the right hand side of the tree, there's a panel where they can write messages um, to those who come after them. And it was kind of like our way of paying homage to the underground railroad when, you know, people were leaving slavery in this country and they were heading towards safety and they would leave messages and leave word for people coming behind them to keep them going and uh, lift them up a bit. And it, it is a powerful place. It's my favorite place in the shop to pray that that tree is covered in handprints. Um, the, the wall panels covered in messages and I can sit here, I can look at them like I am right now and I can tell you every one of those stories, um, just like it was yesterday. And it's, you know, something that was meant for them initially. And, and it is, it's, it's for them, um, to put that exclamation point on their new life. But it's also for us too, because the days where it's, it's brutally hard and we're struggling hard financially and we're wondering if we're even going to be able to keep things going like we've been in recently. Like we just sit here and pray and we look at it and we're like, this is our purpose. This is what we're here for. And that tree cannot stop growing. It has to keep growing. So good. So I know when uh, you started getting into that side, into the uh, of the removals and the sex trafficking survivors, I don't think a lot of people, I think it's beginning to get more press. I don't think a yeah. lot of people realize it's everywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like whatever community you're in, it's there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's in the the big city, it's in the inner city, it's in the suburbs, it's in the rural areas. You know, I was just I was just out near uh, Western Illinois University not too long ago speaking at some churches and some schools and I've had kids telling me how they've had, you know, men sending them Facebook messages or emails or whatever social media platform they were on sending them messages like, Hey, you know, I'll send you a bus ticket. Why don't you come spend the weekend with me and all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh, please, for the love of God, don't do that. Um, it, it really is everywhere. It's, you know, there's, there's more slaves in the world right now than there's ever been in human history. And that's saying a lot. Yeah. Uh, it, it's terrifying. It's, it's, um, the scariest thing I think is it's not, one group where we could point out and we're like, okay, we have to focus on these kids or these people. Like, you know, it's, it's as far as ethnicity goes, it's across the board. As far as socioeconomic things go, it's across the board. It's, it's rich kids, poor kids, middle-class kids. It's, you know, black, white, Hispanic, Asian. Um, there is no, you know, target audience or target victim. And same thing with the those who buy sex. It's everything from, you know, cops and lawyers and doctors to pastors and youth pastors. I mean, we post stories on the Inc. 180 Facebook page all the time about different events and stuff where um, they've had busts go down. And it's just crazy. Yeah. It's everywhere. It really is everywhere. I mean, you know, people are always targeting, you know, saying, oh, the Super Bowl, it's the biggest thing. 
it's like, yeah, the Super Bowl is big, but you know what? So is yesterday. So is today. And so is right. tomorrow. So right. stop worrying about the Super Bowl uh, and start worrying about every single day right in our community. So what are some things that everyday people can look for? Yeah. That if to, to see maybe is this happening? Am I seeing this happening and that they could act? Like what are some warning signs, some things they could look for? I'll tell you. I mean, it's it's crazy because this crime is hidden in plain sight. It, it's going on. I guarantee we've all seen it happen and we don't know it um, because, you know, we have this this Hollywood perception. It's a misperception of what prostitution or trafficking looks like. You know, it's it's not Julia Roberts and pretty woman with a short <laughs> high heels. I mean, that does happen. But right. for the most part, these kids look just like our kids. They blend into the woodwork, you know. Um, but one of the things I tell people is if you see, you know, people and one of the one of the folks is kind of just clearly being controlled signs of visible injuries um i i talk to tattoo artists all the time because i'm trying to educate my my community of peers to not be tattooing these trafficked people you know men and women and i tell people all the time like if they come in and they don't have they're not carrying their own id or they're not speaking for themselves the other person is speaking for them you know all all stuff that kind of leads me down the road of thinking something could be going on um, to the, the tattoos as well. Um, one thing I do want to say about the barcode tattoos, you know, barcodes were a, tattoos were a trend in like the early nineties. I don't remember what lame science fiction movie it was a part of, but there was some movie where the guy had a barcode tattoo. So I, I've spoken in churches and I've had girls come run up to me and they're like, Oh my gosh, Chris, I have a I have a barcode tattoo that I got on spring break on South Padre Island, and it's the barcode for Kraft macaroni and cheese because that's all I could afford to eat in college. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> well, just because you see a barcode tattoo doesn't automatically mean it's trafficking. But um, you know, tattoos on high visibility areas like the neck, you know, the side of the neck, the back of the neck, the hands, um, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's hidden in plain sight. That's the scary thing. And most trafficking transactions don't happen out in, in our view. No, they're happening on you know websites like everybody's heard, of course, about Backpage.com and right. Craigslist before them. And um, it's, you know, the cell phone is one of the best inventions of our, our lives and one of the worst mm-hmm. because it's, it's a platform for trafficking to take place. So I imagine you're not super popular with a lot of people. No, um, I'm meeting pimps and gang members yeah. and whatever. If you ever had any close calls, mm-hmm. I've had eight death threats since 2011. <laughs> wow. Um, all phone calls. The first one tripped me out. I talked to my pastor and I talked to the FBI about it. And um, the FBI listens to my phones for me. So don't ever call the shop and cuss me out or they'll come visit you. <laughs> nice. Uh, Good to know. <laughs> I was talking to my pastor about it. And he's like, you know what you need to do? I said, well, you need to pray with them. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I just got done telling you what this Latin king told me he was going to do to me and my wife and my three kids. And um, he was real descriptive. And I said, you want me to pray for that guy? He's like, yeah. And I thought about it. And I was like, well, if nothing else, it'll keep them on the phone longer and they can trace the call. <laughs> so sure enough, like eight months later, I got another another threat call. 
And I let this guy, this guy was a gangster disciple. I let him spew whatever hatred he wanted to at me. And when he took a breath, I was like, are you finished? And he cussed me out for a few more minutes. And then we finished. I said, are you done? I said, can I talk now? And he let me talk. And I said, I understand why you're mad. I said, I don't mean anybody any disrespect. I'm just trying to help people that are changing their lives. Just like you're going to at some point, if you're lucky enough to live long enough. And he cussed me out a little longer. I said, you know what, can I just pray for you on the phone? And he cussed me out. And I'm like, I just want to pray for you. Can I do that? Finally, the guy lets me pray for him. And I, I pulled a Joan. I prayed for like four minutes, five minutes. <laughs> I was praying for him, his friends, his brothers, his grandma, his grandma's friends, and all this stuff. And he waited until I said amen to hang up. Wow. Hmm. And, and the other six times that this has happened since, I've done the same thing, and the same thing has happened. They always wait till I say amen to hang up. Huh. And, you know, I'm still here. I'm still working. I'm still doing what I'm supposed to be doing. If somebody wants to make me a martyr for Jesus Christ, bring it on. Be blessed, because I'm going to come at you from the other side. Uh, <laughs> and, and so is he. Uh, but... The, the, I guess the bottom line of the ministry is, you know, a lot of people have, some people have really criticized me a lot for being reckless. And like, Chris, you have a family. What happens if you get killed? I'm like, guys, it's already been planned. I hate to break it to you. Like, God knows how my life ends. Okay. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's reckless at all because I think, I think it's exactly what Jesus would do if he came back today. He wouldn't be in the, you know, the Magnificent Mile and Michigan Avenue. He would be in Inglewood and he would be in Pilsen and he would be ministering to those people that are under-resourced and they're angry and they're hurt and they're desperate. That's exactly where Jesus would be if he came back tonight. So that's where I'm going to work. Wow. Well, I think that's... Uh, I think that'll do it. <laughs> that's a pretty <laughs> that'll good... Uh, about, that'll about cover it. It's a pretty good postscript on the interview. Uh, man... Where can uh, where can people donate? Uh, people can make tax deductible donations at www.inc180.com, and uh, we we love that. We appreciate it, and we couldn't do it without people supporting it. You know, we're, we're we do the physical work of it, but the you know it costs us about seven thousand dollars a month to make this ministry work. So, um, yeah, and you also do uh, tattoos for people that actually want to pay. I do. Uh, so if any, we have any listeners, I know we have listeners in the Chicago area. So if anybody yeah. wants to make the trek out to the uh, west, southwest suburbs, yeah. uh, make an appointment with Chris at the shop. The sh- you've got, if anybody's close, you've got to see the freaking shop. Yeah, come uh, on in. It's tour. I'd, yeah, I'd love to go around. It's, it's awesome. You can see all the bandanas. You can see the freedom tree. You can see the awesome murals that are painted. And it's just, it's really cool. Uh, you gave me my first and only tattoo. And it hurt. Yeah. it hurt like a bitch. <laughs> and I haven't had one since. That's because Mandy gave me some money on the side to make it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Dug a little bit deeper, huh? <laughs> oh, I still have the scars, buddy. <laughs> uh, so, man, we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Um, people said they could. So you said you could. They people can find you at ink180.com. Um, yeah. Also, you mentioned a Facebook page. Um, yeah. Twitter as well? Twitter as well. Yeah, at Inc. 180 on Twitter, uh, Inc. 180 on Facebook. 
Uh, or they can email me at chris at inc180.com. Awesome. Fantastic. Man, thanks for coming on. Thanks yeah. for having me. It's great. Yeah. I have, I, I kind of have one more question oh, I sure. want to throw yeah. out here. Um, so I'm like, so we're here. I'm hearing your story. I've heard your story through Brad several times. Um, I'm super uncomfortable just with the whole the whole conversation. It, I like had to stand. I'm standing up right now <laughs> just because I'm just like, man, this this makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, you were once a person who was uncomfortable with yeah. the idea of, of stepping outside of yourself. Yeah. What would you say to those people? Don't don't waste your time dying every day. Go out and live your life. You know, it's you know, God's got a plan for your life. And if if you will just ask him what that is and open yourself up to, to hearing it and fully trust him with it, that's the key is fully trusting God with your life. He's going to show you some pretty amazing stuff. Uh, you, you know, if you would have asked me any of the stuff that I'm doing now, if you would have asked me, you know, eight years ago, if I would do it, I would have laughed you out of the room uh, because I was an arrogant, cocky guy and I thought I had all the answers and the reality was I was hiding behind fear and when I when I when I became vulnerable and opened myself up to to God's purpose in my life it changed everything awesome there you go bam man well right. buddy I appreciate it. it's nice talking to you again it's been, too, been too man. long I need yeah. to I need to get back up there and have some dinner man Absolutely. Let's do that. I'll buy. Oh, sweet. <laughs> That's only if people donate, though, right? <laughs> yes. yeah, right? Yeah, donate for Brad's dinner. You, yeah, uh, right. yeah. Put, in, put in the comments, Brad's dinner. <laughs> Mark that. Oh, awesome, man. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thank you, guys. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Keep doing the great job you're doing. Thanks, man. You too. Now that we puked in your seat can tell us what you think the five stars get red but one star is dead to us feedback 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 um so I think we should uh, challenge our listeners uh, to give to Inc. 180. For sure. Uh, off air, Chris told us about a project he's finishing. They have a mobile unit. Uh, it's a basically an old RV they've converted, um, and that they take to like inner city to do gang cover, gang tattoo cover ups. Um, and he it's going to take about six or seven hundred dollars to finish it up. A project of the inside of it they're wanting. Let's see if we can raise a thousand. Yeah, I don't really know how to gauge it, and so, but let's just blow up Inc. One Eighty with yeah. some donations. Let's just try and give him like four million dollars. Yeah, we could do that too. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. So, I get my uh, <laughs> you know, we did. He did mention at the end of the interview. Uh, go to Inc. One Eighty dot com and give. Uh, there's a donate button. Uh, so do it that way. Go through the website. Uh, we thought about setting up a GoFundMe. We'd rather just go straight to him. Yeah, so, GoFundMe so, takes too much. Yeah, um, so let's just uh, let's try to get a thousand bucks. Everybody that listens, give five bucks. It's like a freaking latte. Yeah, and if we do it's that, a pumpkin then, spice latte. Yeah, we'll have like absolutely no problem getting to that goal. So yeah, yeah, do it. Yep, do it, do it, do it. All right. 
Is your internet working well enough for the five star reviews? I have three of them. <laughs> three. I pulled them up earlier, so when oh, my internet man. was working for ten minutes. <laughs> this podcast is lit, guys. Three reviews in a week. Man, Xfinity can just blow me. Can <laughs> I just oh, go ahead? Like you did with that popsicle. <clears throat> earlier. Good stuff okay. right here by Finance King. <laughs> finance king. He's the finance king. He's the finance king. <laughs> He'll say help you save money and retire at a reasonable age. Finance king. Are you go, are you done? Go ahead. I wonder if he took that uh See, he's not Ram- done. I knew he wasn't. Did done. he take that Dave Ramsey course? Probably. Anyway, shut up. Good maybe stuff. It, maybe it is Dave Ramsey. Good stuff. Hi, I, Dave. I highly doubt that. Hi Dave. Hope you found your mom. <laughs> what? I don't know. Stop in, stop engaging him. If you quit engaging Please him, stop chewing into the microphone, Michael. God, I'm just eating somebody's leg. Please stop. Go ahead. I went off the show. I'm just going to say that right now. I went Abort. off the show. Eject. Anyway, when we get a studio, we should get eject buttons. We're not having a studio. Will you? Just... God, will you just read the review? I can't. He won't shut up. Good stuff right here by Finance King. Good stuff. I love the honesty that I haven't been able to find in church and the cussing. I think that's my favorite part. <laughs> Maybe that says something about my maturity level. Maturity level. Good job, guys. We need a maturity lever. Well, would you go with the next one? The counterbalance to that? Well, the se- no, this one. The second one is I laughed. I cried. My spirit soared by Baalba. Sounds like a Star Wars character. It does. Um, it's Sebulba's daughter. <laughs> yeah. Baalba. Baalba. Uh, irrelevant. Relevant and hilarious all at the same time. <laughs> that's probably pretty that's, fair. That's fairly accurate. That's, that's a pretty, pretty good fair. tagline yeah. for our podcast, actually. And then, uh, great guests and content by Bella Bahauser. Beelzebub. No, it's not Beelzebub, Michael. <laughs> you, we're big in hell. <laughs> Demons love us. We're on fire. Going up the charts. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna so let him finish. He is so high right now. I'm just gonna let him finish. God, are you done? Yeah. Please drive him home. I love these guys and get where they are coming from. As I am currently in ministry and have lots of friends who have been hurt by churches. Great content. If you can make it past the first 20 minutes <laughs> and some unnecessary vulgarity. I wish it, it was is a, very necessary. Michael, the, he, he, when I was gone, you cursed just oh, as much. The one week you were gone, I would, you, Matt said the first curse word this week. I wish it was a bit cleaner because I think these guys have a lot to say to churches, and there's no denying they have built a community for those who are reconstructing their faith. Love their hearts. Thank you. So I will. I will say, fair point. Yeah. However, point. the guy two reviews earlier loved it. So I'm not entirely sure. The churches have any desire to hear what they <laughs> yeah. have to Church, say. So, churches don't care. That would be my only counterpoint, but thank you for that. Mm-hmm. We, we we take critique. We'll take critique. That's yeah. good critique. Somewhere, we appreciate that. Thank somewhere you. in the Midwest, somebody is transcribing it, we, this. We and both were saying like, this is okay, heresy. So before the podcast, we were all like, we probably should cuss a little bit less. And Michael just gets on freaking <laughs> no, 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 and goes nuts. No, no, no. It was not me who said the first cur- curse word. Play it back. Well, I didn't say no curse words. Well, I said fewer. I said at the beginning before we recorded, I said, we should see how long we can go without saying a curse word. And it didn't you take were, very yeah, long. You were the first. That's you, fine. I'm not I sure I've said any tonight. I never I said, said any tonight. Mm, I don't know. We'll go back and listen to it. I feel like we'll, you we'll probably review, did. We'll review the tape. Your spirit is a sailor. So. Well, that's probably true. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm done. Oh, that was all three? Yes. 
I can't count. Definitely. You can't do anything right now. Let's be honest. You guys missed my joke about the maturity lever. He said, "No, we just ignored it because <laughs> that's just where we are now. We, have, we need to build a lever Reed. where we can reduce the the maturity Reed. level with a lever." Read the tweets. Uh, okay, uh, corrections and clarifications. Uh, Courtney Vrablick at Salvage Pie said, "Cracker Barrel is a Tennessee business, so I'm going to play expert here. Soul food is a subset of Southern cooking. Cracker Barrel food, <laughs> Cracker Barrel food is the most basic of Southern cooking, like uh, like what you'd expect from your grandma's house, i.e., comfort food with gimmicks. It's one step up from trailer park dining." Yeah, that's yeah. probably pretty fair. That was more than 140 characters, too. Yeah, yeah it was like three tweets merged into one. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Jason William at JDub47421 said, Hey, at MJ Basinger, what happened in number nine on the top 10 tweets? Hashtag Harry Palms LLC. Um, we didn't have a number nine last week. <laughs> Did we I, not? I apparently deleted it. Totally so missed that. There is that. Um, good catch. I think he's the only one who noticed. Um, at Becky Seville, pub evangelist said, ha. do scientists rub semen's semen on their faces before putting it under a microscope? Hashtag lab confessions, hashtag Harry Palms LLC. And it's a picture of a little sheet of paper that says, uh, uh, yes, no. But the one that's checked is if only <laughs> was our hashtag actually Harry Palms LLC. LLC. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> yeah. I know somebody starts that business. Um, well, let's 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 go back to the fact that Beckysville just checked if only yes. talking about rubbing semen on your face Good like that. Lord, that, she is the one that sent us the the. That's the a fair point. Dick candy. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, no comment. Okay. Uh, at Pastor's podcast this is also from Becky as well. Uh, mystery solved. And it's not because the wombat has square-shaped anus. Spoiler alert. Yeah, but I still don't understand. I'm going to tell you. No, so, I read the damn thing. It's you read the article? It. Yeah. You're not on Twitter. This was on Twitter. No, she shared it to Facebook, too. Uh, wombat poop is cubic, not because wombats have square-shaped anuses, but because they have very long and slow digestive process, typically 14 to 18 days. Sheesh. That's all. Uh, which allows their digestive matter to become extremely to dye, 14 to dry days. and compacted. Yeah, that's about yeah, but How does that get out of a round me. hole okay. without so being I, round? It, well, okay. So the wombat has a very long di- digestive tract, tube, allowing tube it shaped. to uh, absorb <clears throat> the most nutrients and water uh, from its food. The first part of their large intestines contain, contains horizontal ridges that probably mold the poo into cubes where... Um, the last part of their large intestines is relatively smooth, allowing the cubic shape <laughs> to be maintained. Uh, the highly compacted nature of the poo means that the <laughs> rectum is unable to kill them. It's unable to contour the poop into the usual tubular shape. So that's a lot of research. Can we continue? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, they more, also, than I, more than I ever really wanted to know about. They also about uh, use the cubic poo to sit on top of rocks. Um, so. They mark the territory with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's alternate. How I, that's how I claim my neighbor's lawn. By putting your poo on it? Yeah, shit on it. What do you do with their lawn? I shit on his lawn, so I claimed it. Oh, you claimed yeah, it? Yeah, like a wombat. 
Just Never go mind. on, Michael. I, I'm not even going to talk to him. He's drugged <laughs> Can up. Can somebody just... get him some methadone, please? <laughs> I don't need any more. I'm good. No, methadone is the stuff to get you off of opioids. Oh, really? <laughs> good Lord. I don't know. if this, Is this technically an opioid? <laughs> we actually, fun fact, have another a new methadone clinic in town. Neat. Really? Yeah. A new one? Yeah. Alternate hashtags, Dan Burgess They have good said, cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, ooh, it's on my face. Hash- oh, God. <laughs> hashtag tailspin. Hashtag Harry Palms LLC. Hashtag <laughs> Michael's Brick Tamlin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tonight, kind of. That's pretty yeah. accurate. Well, I yes. said I love lamp last week. Um, yeah, tonight you're pretty much brick. Jason Williams uh, is back. He hit us up with a hashtag turtle fluffer. <laughs> hashtag uh, Christy Alley used to be smoking hot. And hashtag wind doves cry. <laughs> Can somebody fluff Paul? We got a windsock thing going on here. Um, honorable mentions. Jesus, Michael, come yeah. on! It's some really good ones here, guys. First, I, I need to do this one because it didn't make the top ten, but it's it, it's good. So Dan, at inappropriate Dan said, "Thank God I turned on your podcast. It's been a shitty night at work, and I needed a good laugh. Almost shit myself, literally." <laughs> um, thanks for discussing uh, and deconstructing my question. Uh, I thought the Holy Spirit was exclusive to me, but He leaves His residue everywhere. Nice. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Gary Palms LLC. <laughs> And that ruined it. Boy, God, we just ruined. <laughs> we really do. We ruined we? everything beautiful. <laughs> we really do. Yeah. Like, I, like people are in these beautiful moments in these podcasts. Man, and I listen really to got, either I end really of got it. a lot out of this. Hashtag hot tubs and Alabama Thunder yeah. I know. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> really touched my, my heart. Uh, Jacob, Jacob Sampson said. Really freak- touched my heart. Hashtag Michael's tantric stretching. <laughs> I got to do this one because it's a call to the pub. Um uh, free rubs in the pub, courtesy of Harry Palms LLC. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hashtag confused followers. Hashtag's too lazy to explain. That's uh, uh, pastor, uh, patreon.com slash pastors podcast. Uh, Nick Wallace, your cousin, said... Cousin-in-law. Cousin-in-law. Mm-hmm. Well, we, don't, we don't claim him There's back. a clear <laughs> distinction there, Nick. Um, he said, y'all talk about the drive to Evansville, but you never heard a tit turd up. That's a tit. You he never just, heard a Tit up. Never heard a turd up. What gives? Hashtag, I see how it is. Hashtag, thin places in these parts. Well, generally, you're at work, and so are we. <laughs> so, so that's saying, a little yeah. bit problematic. A little hard yeah. to do that, yeah. All right. Well, Dave Sluss also said, uh, we're, we're like church. The what are you drinking in Fat Pastor segments are communion. <laughs> and then plas- pass the plate at the end. Well, I think we have a new definition for blasphemy. <laughs> at Dave Explorer, going to hell. Uh. RSVP'd right now. Um... Uh, another one. So you've been listening to the episodes back. Dan Burgess has been too. He says episode two, Brad Matt. Episode ten, Brad Matt. Michael is a saint. Episode seventy six. Michael, when are you going back to Canada? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sarah, Sarah uh, J. Con at Science Con. Um, Con said uh, catching up on at Pastors Podcast, the one with Peter Rollins. Um, uh, being satisfied in my dissatisfaction, dissatisfaction equals true freedom, a life-changing message. Yeah, man. So, mm-hmm. He's doing some important work. I think I'm that's not, a, you know, I, I'm not sure people have really digested his stuff to the point where they realize just how yeah. revolutionary yeah. his teaching is. Yeah. Like, his, his atheism for Lent, it really mind-fucked me. Like, I it mean, really it, did. Yeah. Like, the stuff that he's doing... I mean, it, it, it's... His love series he did with Rob Bell is oh a must-listen. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
and, and I think he's now our number two most listened to episode of all time. I really think I. So, this may sound blasphemous to some people, but I think as far as popular teachers go today, Rob is probably the most easily digestible yeah. and most um, accessible. I think Rollins might be the most important teacher we have today. Yeah. Because he, what yeah. he's teaching, like, I mean, he is taking the entire church, the the message of, like, you know, happy and joyful and all this and going, no, that's actually not yeah. at all what yeah. it's supposed to be. And I think people are, re- like, he's like, no, you, you really find true joy in the misery and What's in the say? struggle. Yeah. Life is shit. You don't have the answers, and that's and good that's news. Good news. Yeah. Like, really digest that and at first you go wow that's a terrible but then when you really digest it, you go oh my gosh yeah, yeah. it's like it's like next level shit it's it really, really is good. yeah yep. it is and I, I agree i think um he'll he is like what he's saying and what he's doing like rob it's good for right now and i think it'll be good for people in the future as well but um i think rollins that that shit is, is it's yeah just yeah, I think so it's good. super important. And, yeah. and and honestly, his books are totally readable too. Yeah, they are. Um, he he does do pop culture references, which he does is a really handy. good job of bringing his teachings now to like a normal human level. <laughs> and that that's the only downside is he does. I mean, in terms of like how long will it stand? Is there is a lot of pop culture references. Yeah. But that said, like this, it's so good. Yeah, it's it is. It's so good. Um. All right, top ten, coming in at number ten, Melissa Kircher. You've convinced me. Just subscribed. Nice. Coming in at number nine, Dan. At one minute, Dan. <laughs> I'm thankful for the At Pastors podcast. Coming in at number eight, Christine Ozzy, a.k.a. Christina Ozzy. <laughs> Christina. It's Christina. Christina. Whoops, sorry. Not nope. bad. That was a premature. Um, Prematurely shot my wad. I don't want it's supposed to be a dry run. I'm afraid <laughs> I have a mess in my hands. There. Go ahead. You couldn't have danced around the term. Um, I'm, I'm going to screw this word up. Uh, prevenant. Prevenant. I don't know. I'm not reading Prevenant it. grace. Prevenient. Prevenient grace. Uh, more if you were playing Ring Around the Rosie at a Methodist church. Um, so last week when we talked about the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. um, here's the, the umc.org provenient <laughs> grace. Uh, wisely understood grace as God's active presence in our life. Uh, um, this presence is not dependent on human actions or human response. It's a gift, mm-hmm. a gift that is always available, um, but that can be reviewed, that can be refused. It, it goes on. <laughs> Can it? Uh, God's grace stirs us up uh, within a desire. Boy, there's to, a whole other podcast. Uh, within a desire to know God and empowers us to respond to God's invitation to be in a relationship with God. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. basically what we talked about. Yeah. You yeah. say provenient grace, I just say grace. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> provenient tomato. Tomato, provenient tomato. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Coming in at number seven Zach Hansen I have no idea how to hashtag that or I would Uh, Uh, Number seven Zach Hansen At Zach Hansen 89 Best ending to an episode yet I'd always want to be be there Those were the best days of my life (laughs) Hashtag spirit of 69 That was pretty funny Hashtag tap that spirit You realize we sang that twice during that episode Yeah we did Um, 
Yeah. Creamy. By the way, our neighbor was outside with Beth sitting in the grocery. She's like, I heard you guys singing in there. What were you doing? <laughs> was she happy about uh, it? Yeah, she was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was the best days of her life. Yeah. <laughs> the best. Coming in at number six, Allie B. Mack at Allie B. Mack said, uh, I love it when Bojangles is on, but I don't laugh as hard uh, without MJ basing on that Pastors Podcast. Glad you're back. Hashtag Harry Palms LLC. Yeah, that makes one of you. I know. That's why I had to put it in the top 10. Mm-hmm. For the one. Are you going to put yourself at number one this week like you did last week, you oh, dick? Wait for it. All right. um, Great. No, I, I had to do feedback because that was the only episode I could really do feedback because I wasn't on it. So I had to do it. Mm. I had to mm-hmm. for science. And put yourself at number one. Coming in at number five, Derek Blaylock. Um, oh, God. I listened to the very bitter end of episode 73. I needed closure. Great podcast. Hashtag no closer. Closure. <laughs> at... Lobster named Clitter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Sorry, Derek. Um, and then Dave the Explorer coming back for a uh, second round. Uh, uh, what is up with that pastor's podcast hating on Cracker Barrel? Go back to Whole Foods, you hippies. <laughs> Hashtag Harry Palms LLC. Hashtag Demon Gort. Hashtag <laughs> White People's Soul Food. Uh, he also said that Trump won three-fourths counties with a Cracker Barrel but only one-fourth of counties with the Whole Foods. Guess you don't have a Whole Foods in Martinsville. No, Odd. we definitely no, don't. We don't. Yeah. Coming in at number three, uh, Alapaki at Pakia Koi. At Pastor's Podcast, missed at MJ Basinger while he was watching Beavers until he bumped my feet back to number two for his shameful, shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, and that's why I backed you uh, to number three. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the worst. Coming in at number two. That's what happens when you give guys with no concept of what power means. Yes. Give them power. Give them power. <laughs> Coming in at number two, at Brandon Andrus. I heard about the At Pastors Podcast 100th live episode. Count me in. Coming in at number one. He was at 50th. Wait. Sorry. I'm back. I'm, hold on. All right. Oh, God damn it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Wait for it. In response to Brandon Andrews, says, "Are you number one again? Are you no, freaking kidding no, me? No, stop, stop, stop!" Rachel Maggio, Maggio, Ralph Macchio's Ralph sister. Macchio's. It, it ain't no party without blow jangles. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's got like it. the John Travolta emoji and the nice. the uh, like celebration funnel cake thing. Yeah. Thanks, Rachel, for saying blow jangles. <laughs> Brandon was very indignant, saying that he it's it's Bojangles, not Blowjangles. He'll be off the grid for a while. You call him whatever you want. He'll yeah. be in, he'll be getting he'll be in the, he'll bear. be in some grizzly bear's large intestine soon yeah. enough. So. I'm gonna be really bad when he gets killed by a grizzly bear. I am too. <laughs> this is it has been it has been uh, told it has been written on the podcast. Don't worry, don't worry, Blowjangles. This podcast is the oracle. Don't, don't worry, <laughs> God's not listening. Don't worry, Blowjangles. We'll take care of Will for you. We'll raise him as a man. Yes. <laughs> Closing time. Write us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Write a review on iTunes. We'll read it. Uh, check out our website, ingloriouspastors.com. Time to pass the plate. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you at <laughs> patreon.com slash podcast. Support us on Patreon to join the Pastors Pub. Get bonus content like Turd Talk, Pub Crawl, and Hymns of Reconstruction. Buy us around and even help shape the content of this show. Hashtag bitches.
I've got uh, hashtag strong back weak mind club. <laughs> nice. Hashtag Brad is a mommy blogger. <laughs> hashtag 80 person dose of cocaine. Hashtag corn makes me feel inadequate. <laughs> with a K, corn with a yes, K. Hashtag Brian the Tin Man Odin. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag that's the morphine talking. If I only had a heart. Hashtag Michael is high AF. Yeah, I am. Hashtag boinking farm animals. Hashtag you're not sweating. Hashtag you're not sweating, ma'am. <laughs> hashtag sporty spices back sweat. Oh, gross. <laughs> so gross. Uh, I've got hashtag Michael to Michael's opioid addiction. <laughs> hashtag not a problem. I swear. Hashtag well, he shot me up a few times. <laughs> so Why that about you? the dentist? Oh yeah, he he did. <laughs> I think hashtag the future of hipster media. <laughs> the future of good. rock and roll. <laughs> hashtag inert penis. <laughs> Did I say that? No, I didn't. Okay. Hashtag Hodor in a four door. <laughs> Hodor in a four door on his way to Mordor. <laughs> I kind of like that one. Uh, hashtag hide your firstborn. <laughs> hashtag oh. Oh. Matt just sniffed a penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hashtag shit. I'll give that penis a three. <laughs> hashtag over Stacy the second. <laughs> Hashtag, what was he in for? That was from the interview. <laughs> Hashtag, long-winded for Jesus. Nice. Also from the... Yeah. yeah. Hashtag, maturity lever. <laughs> Hashtag, relatively smooth. <laughs> the wombat's small intestine. His anal canal. <laughs> oh, then hashtag, they have good cookies. <laughs> oh, goodness. I have hashtag Brad the Mommy Blogger. Um, <laughs> By the way, that blog pissed off so it many did. Christians yeah, up there. Did. Oh, my God. Uh, at one point, I was like, yeah. It was when uh, Christopher Hitchens died. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, this guy actually should be committed for what he did for Christians. And they were like, people were pissed. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so true story. Brad wrote an article in one of his at for that paper for that newspaper's website, and the pastor at the former church I was at. He was not the pastor when I was there, but he took over after the pastor I was with got fired. Used that article mm-hmm. and wrote a Facebook post about, or no, wrote a. Uh, it was in the Some, bulletin, I believe. No, it was on his blog. He wrote a blog. Yeah, about I was it. like, you know, maybe we shouldn't be celebrating the death of an atheist. Like, it wasn't even. It was, I don't even know I, if it was that, that was one it. or not. It was. It was some other one. Anyway, he wrote a a blog post. I wrote about one it. about why Karl Marx was right, calling opioid the our religion the opioid <laughs> of the, the masses. Brain. Yeah. Um, opiate. Not there was opioid. a. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we have opioid on the brain. <laughs> so I got a. I got lambasted by some local pastor on that for I don't remember which which blog post it was. And so he wanted to meet me for lunch. And so oh, this gosh. guy. So I was like, yeah, all right, fine. That's that's like the, the pastor equivalent to fuck you. No, so, hey, let's have lunch. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, fine. So we'll do it. So we went and had lunch. This guy spent the first 15 minutes. I didn't ask. I asked nothing about him, about his past. Spent the first 15 minutes talking about how he used to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Mm. 
And I was like, Neat. Oh, I know everything about you. I need to know. Thanks, buddy. Adios. <laughs> yeah. So right. anyway, yeah. Uh, um, my second hashtag, uh, hashtag, uh, what was he in for about Jesus? <laughs> yeah, that's what I had. That was um, it. Hashtag long-winded for Jesus. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag, spoiler alert, penis coming up. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag. Or, uh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, my wedding night. Thank you. And quickly write back down. <laughs> it was up long before the night, I'm sure. Go ahead. <laughs> he couldn't walk straight whenever yeah, he was, was walking down say, the aisle. Get a tape it to the like, side of his leg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Um, Are you limping? No. <laughs> Care to see where the end of that tail goes? <laughs> I'm just going to make that joke every week. Uh, hashtag sporty spices back sweat. <laughs> and hashtag maturity lover. <laughs> okay, I, so I like, I like long-winded for Jesus or mature, maturity lover. I'm, I'm kind of on board with Hodor and a four-door. <laughs> on his way to Mordor. Hodor and a four-door. I really like that one. Okay, what do you think? I like Sporty Spice's back sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I okay, think it's pretty <laughs> gross. <laughs> what, what were your two that you said? Uh, you like maturity lever or long-witted for Jesus? I like either one of those. <laughs> I'm okay with either one of those. Let's do long-winded for Jesus. Okay, that's that's this, that's this podcast. That's, yeah, that's our new is. hashtag. It really is. Yeah. yeah, let's do that. All right, so if you listen to this episode in its entirety, hit us up on social media with the hashtag hashtag Long-winded for Jesus. Um, you, you can find us on Twitter at Pastors Podcast. At Polly Name Matt. Yeah, never mind. At Polly Name Brad, but and I'm still at, not on there. At good, MJ good Basinger. <laughs> I, I'm working on a redo of our website, and I put Brad can be found sometimes on Twitter <laughs> at, past, at uh, Polly Name Brad. Um, also, Facebook.com slash Pastors Podcast. We're also on Instagram and Glorious Pastors. Um, any final words? Parting words? I think so. No, man, I had something else that made a lot more sense for the podcast. Hold on. Just turn it off. Wait for it. Just wait for it. Hold on. I had I had a better one. It made more sense. Did it? Yeah. Really? The nice ice baby? Corn. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, Be sure to... Be sure to check out our friends Twisted Sisters on their <laughs> iTunes feed. Um, I haven't listened to the new episode. I need to. I'm 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 backlogged from I listened Canada to it still. Yesterday when I drove 500 miles for work. Would so. you do 500 more? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. Not at all. Um. Yeah. yeah. Check them out. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. We got we got to have like a outro. An actual like, out. Yeah. No. I was all excited to wrap to Vanilla Ice. Yeah. I well, go every, ahead. I, I, still know every, I still know I every word too. of that. I did too. It came on the radio today. I was like, yeah, I can do this. The other day, my wife didn't believe me that I knew every word to It Was a Good Day by Ice Cube, and I proved her wrong. I can get pretty close, yeah. Every word. <laughs> that was on the other day, too, and I was like, yeah, I can do this, too. <laughs> I can do every word to Jesus Freak. <laughs> 
tall man with a tattoo on his big fat belly. It wiggled around like marmalade jelly. Took me a while to catch what it said because I had to mature the mother's belly with my hair. Can we talk about how the song colored people? It's pretty racist. At the time, it wasn't because that was the preferred nomenclature. No, it wasn't because it didn't come out in 1968, Michael. It was a joke. (laughs) Thank you, white guy. Well, actually, um, 